I'm Hannah. I'm Don. And this is our nostalgic deep dive into Clean Break. Before we start, we'd just like to give a content warning for divorce, domestic abuse, child abuse, body-related issues and fat phobia. If this episode isn't for you, we'll be bringing out plenty more episodes on Jacqueline Wilson's books that you can have a listen to once they're out. Okay, Hannah. <laughs> God. Um, so, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hope you all had a great holiday. Let's get in a clean break. <laughs> Let's get into this car wreck. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, this is the first book we have done that is for children. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I didn't see a huge difference no. in the way it was written. No, me either, because I was kind of... Um, I was wondering how it was going to work, so I was kind of like, we have to read this from a different perspective, like, mm-hmm. as if we are kids consuming it. But honestly, I felt like the only language that was different was instead of using actual swear words, she'd replace it with bad words. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, like, the narration was the same. There was still obscure uh-huh. words thrown in all the time. Yeah. I don't think it was that different. Yeah, and obviously, like, the content, like is still quite like heavy going stuff yeah like it was in the other books we've read mm-hmm. um obviously like jacqueline wilson's kind of known for uh not shying away from dark and depressing yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i didn't really see the uh the difference between no what i have already read in in this um if you were to summarize this book in three words do you know what you'd say <laughs> Uh, oh god dad's an asshole can I have yeah, dad's that, that's, yeah that's good um, yeah what yeah. about you um, oh because um, ev- everyone's just horrible it's, everyone oh, is horrible yeah like is it like he's the worst mm. but there are all the other adults are bad as well yeah or like <laughs> bad oh fart bad start bad end yeah that's far. that's <laughs> yeah you can have far. I'll give you far. Um, no it just so we kind of have already had a brief conversation yeah. about this book and we've both decided um, it doesn't have a plot, no, really. because it takes place from Christmas to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole year of the the life of this family who is going through um, like a separation. So it's more about them rather than like what's going on. Like The only like big plot is trying to get the dad to come back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's more of like a, is it a character study? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, um, what kind of, I mean, I, I, like, I thought it was kind of going to be we were going to focus on the development of everyone in the family, mm-hmm. learning to live without the dad, who yes. was a toxic person. Yeah, um, me too. I don't feel like it followed through with mm-hmm. that expectation. Had you read this before? <laughs> I had. I definitely have it, and I definitely remember reading it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stick out in my mind, really. No. Again. I read a fair few reviews. I, I like ventured out into Amazon this time, not just Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> and um, a lot of people were saying that it's not one of the best books, basically. Yeah, like like lifelong Jacqueline Wilson fans, like us, basically, saying that it's one of the worst ones. Mm-hmm. No, I'd agree with that. I think, in my opinion, this book takes a lot of the tropes of other books, mm-hmm. uses a lot of repetition, yeah. and kind of just feels like a scrapbook of other books. Yeah, like a kind of like piecing together yeah. of, yeah, it definitely has a lot of elements that we can pick out from other books. I and it's so. so weird because a, a large part of Clean Break is the fact that M, the main character, likes this author who is a stand-in for Jacqueline Wilson called Jenna Williams, 
So she will use Jacqueline Wilson, but Jenna Williams's books mm-hmm. as like a oh this happened to to this character in Jenna Williams's book. Yeah. So it is repetitive because it's it spelled so out is. to us that it is, and a lot of the reviews were saying as well that it was mm-hmm. um like the M wasn't an original character, and that you can read better Jacqueline Wilson books that talk about similar things and it's kind of like a filler i guess which is very harsh because there are some good bits to it it's not yeah we've definitely there's definitely some parts of this book that she did well with but i think if we're going to compare this to other books that we've looked at in the like if we had to rate them i don't think i'd put this one very high no we picked this book because it was a christmas book yes um because you know it's christmas time (laughs) (laughs) we're we're recording this on the 16th of december (laughs) (laughs) you won't see it till next year but um no we we were gonna do another christmas book but it wasn't a real christmas book. oh yeah we were gonna do jacqueline wilson's christmas crackers yeah it turned out to be like full of crosswords and stuff (laughs) (laughs) it could have been fun we're like we're just doing it but you know we've got an actual book um because I read the author's note at the beginning of the oh, book. Yes. I'll just pick like a few things out. She, because um, I feel like, um, it was it's important to understand why she wrote this book. Um, so she says she wanted to write about Christmas because she wanted to choose all the presents for everyone, which I definitely saw mm-hmm. in this book. She also really enjoys making up stories for two younger siblings of our protagonist that um like is voiced through M. Which I see, but that isn't original to this book, I think. I think this no. happens in every single book, to be honest. More or less, yeah, definitely. Like, think about like the last book we looked at, Kiss. In between the entire story, she told the story of Glass World and yeah. this fake world. And I think the exact same thing happens in this book, yeah. but with a different character. So yeah. I think that's just a trope she likes doing. Um, she wanted to write about the sort of girl who could become a writer when she grew up, um, when she grows up. Um, she imagined a, sw- a shy, sweet girl going into a bookshop and browsing the ch- children's section and decided that out of all the books, she would pick Jacqueline Wilson's books, which I think is important to note for her inclusion in yeah. this story. Uh, I guess I should talk about the positive reviews mm. as well, because um, a lot of people did really like it. Again, there was people saying that it's, very, it's a realistic situation that a lot of people find themselves in and a lot of children find themselves in when like a divorce or a separation happens it's kind of assumed that um the kids will just get over it or they'll just go along with it and it, mm-hmm. in this book it doesn't happen at all and yeah. they, they do find it really hard to get over the dad leaving which is really realistic and it isn't something that's spoken about a lot which was really good people like that the characters are flawed which is putting it lightly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like flawed beyond repair to be honest yeah there's not there's just flaws um. yeah and um everyone seemed to love gran which what is crazy to me because i thought gran was awful she was the worst mm, one of the worst characters ever ever (laughs) (laughs) like you're just in literature i don't think she had one good point i don't think she had like one good thing about her character if i'm gonna be honest i don't think she was redeemable at all she said like i think i've highlighted something she said is good but a lot of it could be like construed as being quite backhanded yeah or like saying good things but going about it the wrong way oh yeah i agreed with that actually like she kind of had a point and then she'd carry on and it'd be like yeah. oh you nearly had us yeah so do you want to read the blurb to us yeah when dad and mom break up em does her best to cheer up her little brother and sister even though she's miserable too she dances around and tells wonderful tales all about their favorite glove puppet em knows how a good story can make life seem better she's always cheered up by reading one of her favorite books if em got 
got to meet the author, it would be a dream come true. But could her, her other greatest wish be granted? Is any story powerful enough to bring Dad back? That blurb to me, now you've read it out, doesn't make a great deal of sense because <laughs> she it's not a dream to meet Jenna Williams, is it? No. It only, in the 12th chapter... <laughs> I mean, we'll read it, obviously, but she just so happens to be in a position where she can meet her. Yeah, like, she likes Jenna Williams. I mean, she doesn't ever read her books in this. No. But it's not like the big plot of it is going to see Jenna Williams. Yeah. It's really not. It's not. And also the cover, like, the, I know you can't see it, obviously, but the cover is, like, the characters, but as eggs <laughs> in egg cups. But, like, the top of the egg is, like, smashed. Like, it's had, like, the top cut off it. And I thought there was going to be some sort of egg mm. reference. But there isn't. And, it, and you were like, oh, it's because it's called clean break. Like, you break the top off an egg. Which, I mean... It I, still doesn't I make guess, sense, but... I guess, but... Yeah, I don't really like the cover. No, me either. It doesn't make any sense. I thought, like, there's one point in the book where they eat eggs. And I also feel the title was a bit, um forced as well like the word clean break i feel it was forced into the text so many times i was getting tired of it i mean like we were commenting last week about um how kiss's title was a bit different like it should have been hug yeah should have been um, hug like i don't know i feel like sometimes the titles and the covers don't really match up to what's actually going on no i agree the good drawings yeah obviously there's oh there's really good illustrations in this by the way yeah yeah there's one on nick sharon yeah there's one on every like at the beginning of every chapter and they're lovely just like they always are (laughs) just gonna put that in there but yeah i really i really did hate the cover and i hated the fact it was called clean break as well because you don't really find yourself saying that a lot no like and it doesn't feel natural whenever it is said by the characters it's like oh we're going on a clean break and it's like "Mm, that was forced (laughs) and it's like not a clean break (laughs) yeah it's it's (laughs) kind of the opposite Chapter 1. Emily, aka M, lives in her grand's house with her mum, her dad, and her two younger half-siblings, Vita and Maxie. M's dad isn't her biological dad, but he is her favourite person, and they have a conventional father-daughter relationship. It's Christmas morning, and the kids open their presents. Maxie gets stationery, Vita gets a reindeer glove puppet, and M gets an emerald ring because her dad's nickname for her is Princess Emerald. Things are slightly tense on Christmas Day as money problems are brought up. It's clear that M's gran and M's dad don't get along that well, and M eats a lot, which annoys her gran, but things are mostly normal until her dad goes into the kitchen to wash up. M goes to help him and overhears him talking to a woman on the phone about leaving the family for her. M bursts in and is so shocked that she throws up. I mean, it's a very dramatic opening chapter. Mm, 100%. Um, I really like the tension at the end of the chapter. Yeah, I feel like having all the impact happening on Christmas Day was a good idea, I guess, Mm -hmm. because it goes from being perfect and M's eyes completely shattering yeah in the first chapter which I thought was quite good it reminded me of like you know like the EastEnders or Coronation Street like Christmas Day special and there'd always be something really dramatic that had happened yeah (laughs) it reminded me of that I have have a bit of good yeah I've got quite a few bits of good um do you want to start so I think one of the things we're introduced in this chapter is all of the descriptions, really vivid visual descriptions that like show shapes and textures, especially right at the beginning when she's talking about um, looking at the presents from the bed and like seeing all the wrapping paper and how they look. I think she's really good at like building up it up so you can almost feel it, you mm-hmm. can feel the excitement. Um, I really do like the descriptions in Jacqueline Wilson's books. I think sometimes they can take away from the narration. 
Yeah. But in this first chapter, the flowed really well with it, I think. Mm. I also like that we, like, because the six main characters, is it six? The three kids, the mum and dad and the gran, mm-hmm. um, you see, like, we're just kind of thrown into their house and how their relationships work. Like, we see that Vita refers to the dad as my daddy because mm-hmm. he's not M's biological dad and she does it to, like, piss her off or, or deliberately hurt her, which... I see that for a little sister. Mm-hmm. Like, I think V is probably like, we were saying that the ages of the kids aren't explicitly said. No, they are. But like, M's probably about 11, Vita's mm-hmm. about 7 or 8, and Maxie's about 4 ish. Yeah. So I see that as like an annoying little 7 year old. Yeah, and I can, I, I got that down too about, because um, she said like it was a mean trick, Vita used to remind me that he wasn't really my dad, and mm-hmm. you can kind of see how she's really like passively said it. Yeah. But she's done it in order to and which kids do yeah. do. Yeah, and and you see M like M is such a good big sister. Mm-hmm. Throughout the whole book, like all she does is make things like easier and happier and more comfortable for her younger siblings, which like is a lot to put on a small child. Oh completely. But, um it's lovely, like <laughs> like how uh, a little brother Maxie is terrified of everything and in this chapter yeah. she falls out of bed and it wakes him up and he starts crying and she does that thing like mm-hmm. you've got a little sister so you've probably done it you know where you like go over and you give him a hug and you're like shush 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 <laughs> yes. stop crying stop it now <laughs> she really does well to like yeah. look after them like I got it as a good thing that she like in the way she looks after them she tells the stories which obviously does seem to be the only thing that stops them from screaming crying yeah. um, I was again a bit on the fence with this because it is a massive part of this story, I think. Um, this, like, because it's obviously like the escapism of it. Yeah. Like, she uses the stories to escape into her own world. But at the same time, because maybe it's because we're reading them back to back, but it's turned into so much of a cliche that it's so repetitive to constantly read about like these stories that these characters that constantly use their way to escape by making up stories yeah not every kid does that but i mean maybe i don't know she's she's an author jacqueline wilson mm-hmm. so she could be writing from more what she used to be like when she yeah. was a kid but i mean it, it feels to me a bit repetitive yeah like it'd be cool to see like a kid who is who uses like sport yeah or singing mm-hmm. or and i feel like i know in cookie she makes cookies but i yeah. can't remember if there was like a an imagination element to that yeah as well but yeah, I do completely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something else I really liked in this chapter that we haven't really seen, and it was one of our criticisms mm-hmm. um, of our books in other episodes, was that the kind of underlying problems that the family have were subtle, very subtle. Yeah. Like, very subtly mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, how um, like money problems are mentioned, but like literally really briefly. Yeah. Almost like M as a child wouldn't really pick up on it. It's sweeped under the rug. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I really like that. Instead of M, like M monologuing about like we didn't have much money. Yeah, like <laughs> like how it how it was like maybe in other books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really good. No, I agree. Like, because like in other parts when they're really really open with the kids about all the problems and kind of be like as an adult you shouldn't be opening up to your kids like yeah. about that much uh-huh. but the way they can talk about money and then like they're like right we'll talk about it later or whatever till we're alone yeah and as a kid you don't really pick up on it no so i think yeah i agree i think that's a lot better in this book yeah it's something else like similar to that was when mm. um when like they wake the parents up because it's christmas and then they go into the mum and dad's room and the mum like is awake but she's like not ready or anything like she's not dressed 
and then she spends ages in the bathroom and then em says something like she wasn't being vain she was just trying to look really nice for dad which i took as like it's like half past six on christmas morning to go through that effort yeah to just look nice for your husband like suggest Mm -hmm. that there's problems and you feel like need to look nice for him or he won't Mm -hmm. like it which is horrible but um it's so natural to even the kids yeah that that feels normal in the house no i agree i think all the like subtle things um and all the feelings that are shown by the characters as well were done really good i think like even like later on like maxi's feelings yeah and ends obviously as our protagonist like um oh she broke my heart when she said like um when he gave her the ring and he said like oh it's for my daughter yeah and because um like emily isn't like his biological daughter mm-hmm. she like kind of wishes that she was so she was like my daughter i love that as much as i loved my beautiful ring and i was like Aww. oh emily <laughs> like like i don't know it was um she does that really well like jacqueline wilson she she picks out like tiny little things and shows how much they need yeah. to like one sentence is just completely like made a day and it's so lovely yeah because like all she wants is to be treated like the other two are treated which he, he does treat her mm-hmm. like as he would if she was his own yeah which is good so the the way that it's done is mm-hmm. we we see that um is a caring person yeah and she's just like sat after eating quote-unquote too much food according yeah. to her gram and then she's like i know i'll go help my dad wash up and then she's like stood outside admiring the ring that he got her yeah and then he hears her talk he hears him talking to somebody mm-hmm. and then because he's like oh god he's such a weird character like he's a very like theatrical individual yeah. she's like oh maybe he's just singing to himself mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which okay yeah i suppose people do sing when they're washing up mm-hmm. and um yeah and then he's talking to this woman then she just goes don't leave dad (laughs) and then um she looks at him like hoping that he'll like laugh or Mm -hmm. that it's all been a big misunderstanding but then she sees his face like drop when he realizes that she's been listening and then she comes to the realization that he is actually leaving and then she is sick because of the shock yeah i think the whole like um the feelings that em has during that scene were like really good um mm. like some of the things she was saying were just like breaking my heart like when she was like if he kept quiet then maybe it wouldn't be real and she's yeah. kind of like i think as well because it's constantly in our heads that the dad is telling them these stories like yeah. to kind of shut them up yeah it's like no like everything's good like you're doing your your turret and you're like <laughs> you're a princess and all this so like she's now like so deep into that escapism mm-hmm. when this whole thing happens she's like just don't say anything yeah and i'll just forget about it yeah and i think it was done really well like you really feel for him in this chapter um i thought it was really sad for her and obviously the dad's just because he gets the mom's shoes for christmas mm-hmm. and she loves them and he's like oh they're just shoes mm-hmm. which makes me feel like like he knew that that it was that he was gonna leave soon like he doesn't want it to get too attached yeah to them and like to the the idea of like him getting to them because you see later when she goes out looking for him she wears the shoes yeah because they're like his well i mean her shoes but he got them so that made me think like did was he meant to like go like on christmas or like the day after yeah um but yeah i guess he was forced into going because you can't you couldn't really stay after that (laughs) bad um just like badly written stuff i got um i don't know like there were some things where again it just feels a bit out of touch for this 11 year old girl to be saying i mean now different really from anything else yeah. we read. but some things like most of it i can ignore like yeah. the, i've gotten used to the don't let's and oh, yeah. that's just a thing wilson thing in it like, yeah 
but like um she was d- saying that um her dad was better than santa and instead of saying that she said um he was better than any bearded old gent in a red gown yeah i was like no 11 year old you know what i mean like i don't know yeah no i know what you mean the only like to be honest i was saying this to hannah earlier mm-hmm. in like in my opinion like this book is the best book we've read in uh, in terms of dialogue like yeah the i barely got any like badly written stuff to be honest it was more what I highlighted for bad in this book was more just things that didn't make sense mm-hmm. rather than um like weird lines so the only bad i've got for this chapter is the fact that dad came into the room hands on his hips just wearing his jeans but it's half six in the morning why has he got why jeans he, why, on? <laughs> why is he just wearing jeans yeah, he's like, only ever put jeans on at six yeah like he's either wore jeans to bed <laughs> and he's got off <laughs> wearing jeans weird enough he's half dressed put trousers on and then not put a top on yeah i was just like no i'm sorry that is so nitpicky like i realized that is so nitpicky <laughs> no it's it's he's an odd man with yeah like it's stuff like that and then like this is you know a, like again nitpicking but they yeah. keep describing his hair it, it's with racks and the diamond earring oh yeah the dad in this is is fat plat he's got a fat plat he's got a big <laughs> black fat plat <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it's just brought up constantly, like oh, yeah. like like she looks in the crowd for a fat plot. Oh yeah, because the dad is an actor, right? But he's like a um, what's the like word? an extra? Yeah, he's like he doesn't, like, he's not like a an actor that stars in anything. He, yeah. he does like extra work and like some small roles, so you can like see him in TV shows and stuff. And the thing that you identify him by is his fat plot, which is just. Horrible. <laughs> I don't know. I think if it was mentioned maybe once or twice, but everyone just constant like honestly, his hair's brought by not only M but every character. But yeah, like, like oh. his long silky black fat plait. Like <laughs> no, I cannot be bothered. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I mean <laughs> the only other bad I've got, which is again me nitpicking. Yeah, go but on. it just like I think I had to write down anything that made me roll roll my eyes. Yeah. I don't. I just didn't feel like it was necessary. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. Was uh-huh. the whole um? She instead of saying swear word, she'd say Tip, typical bad word, Frankie. It's not bad word, okay. And I was like, then just don't put it. Yeah. And like this is mentioned a few times in yeah. the book. This bad word thing instead of saying swear word. Yeah, I feel like it would be like more smooth if it was like typical Frankie. Full stop. Mm-hmm. She swore. Mm-hmm. Or, or like then she swore I don't know I'm not yeah, a like, writer because like she just say like um, then he said some rude words and I'm like okay fair enough with that but it's yeah. it's not bad word okay it ruins uh-huh. any t- sort of um, anticipations built through yeah. that chapter because now I'm laughing and I shouldn't be <laughs> laughing at this point yeah I got a lot of yikes okay go, go <laughs> on I mean let's just it's chapter one yeah let's get into <laughs> it um we've got like a lot of just like i'm, I'm gonna start with the less serious things. Okay. obviously the gran mm-hmm. is constantly constantly bringing up m's weight and i had a massive problem with this yeah me too um i thought because elite like with girls under pressure obviously that was talking about weight related issues and eating disorders yeah but at least the way it ended it had a sort of metaphor like the best thing is to love yourself. This book could not be more wrong. It's literally like, yeah, if people fat shame you, pretty much listen to them. That's honestly yeah. what I kind of got. Uh-huh. The only thing where I could kind of be like, oh, 
and it still made me a bit yeah like icky with it was she was talking about grand nagging her about calories uh-huh. carbohydrates and all that stuff and though mum always got mad at her and said she turned me anorexic and i was still a bit like okay like you know like if we're being really nitpicky like saying you know like should she said like she turned me anorexic like like making it less valid but at the same time she's got a point like yeah. bring up that constantly hounding a young kid yeah. with food related stuff and like body issues and plaguing her yeah. with it she could end up with an eating disorder yeah. but that's the only mention to it in the book uh-huh. which I, I hate that it's with. like nagging like that isn't nagging like that yeah. is like emotional abuse it is and it's <laughs> like i can completely feel for like every single comment uh-huh. is just like in her back yeah, like just, christmas day is the day where you eat loads yeah and like she literally every time she eats pretty much her grand's like mm, you're eating loads there or like yeah. oh you might want to slow down and i wrote down here as well from this chat like it's honestly like it's mentioned to a point where it gets tiring mm-hmm. like i know she's meant to show like this affects her a lot i mean it would have made sense if it came more to that but mm-hmm. it's mentioned so much and um it's constantly again really common trait of jacqueline wilson being like um i'm a pig i'm a whale related yeah. to animals um your stomach's gonna burst talking about like individual things on a body but then she also listed how much food she exactly had and then said that's too much and i was like oh for god's sake like do we have to actually mention yeah the exact number of food she's had mm-hmm. like it's <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, it, was, mean. it wasn't even like that much <laughs> and it was just like you know I, I thought that was really damaging yeah and like she's so young like mm-hmm. she's growing still and like going through puberty probably as well like her body's changing and for granted be saying all those horrible things like it's just really not helpful it's not like constructive no. it's just really really cruel <laughs> just mean that was what i got for my yikes as well that's and that was the only yikes i got um i got like a couple more yikes like little sort of red flags uh-huh. I, I think like i know it's meant to show that the relationship is bad but simple things like um julie will be like what about the money like where did you get that from and he'll say leave it julie dad said sharply someone left it and it's constantly said so mum ignored it someone yeah. left it and it's never really said this isn't normal like yeah. <laughs> this should not happen in a relationship it's just like you know that's just dad and mum yeah the, their financial thing is that she's a hairdresser she has a hairdressers yeah and he is an actor but isn't really getting any jobs in acting so he has like a it's like a shop that sells like fairy and pixie and elf paraphernalia yeah and um but he can't be asked opening it a lot of the time <laughs> so basically her income is the only income they're living at her mum's house because mm-hmm. they f- can't afford to get a place of their own and they're in a lot of debt but he's paid for or it's implied that he's paid for the christmas presents because the mum's like when she sees maxie's present she's like why would you get him that um he's just a little kid as though she hasn't even seen what he's been bought yeah so that kind of reinforces the idea of like he's bought it even though he doesn't make any money because he wants this christmas to be like the last good christmas before he yeah leaves using all of her money yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, that whole like, so mum left it, so mum ignored it, like, it's happened a lot and knows the routine. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say maybe it's good at showing awareness for like emotional domestic abuse, which uh-huh. is what it is. Yeah. Like, constantly, like, the minute she says anything, he shuts her up. Yeah. And she's not allowed to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, She only gets 
gets criticised, but it's never really brought awareness to that. In fact, at the end, it's kind of like, we just want Dad back. Like, yeah. it's not a case of he has been so wrong mm-hmm. in all of these situations. Yeah. Chapter 2. Em's man bursts into the kitchen to comfort her. She doesn't want to tell her man why she's been sick, but her dad reveals that he's met someone else and he's planning on leaving the family after Christmas. The two argue and Em's man starts hitting her dad. Gran takes Em to the bathroom to wash her and afterwards Em comforts her mum who is crying in bed. Her mum gets back up and her parents try and act normal but it's clear that something is happening. Em's dad puts her to bed and she makes him promise that he won't leave but when she wakes up in the morning he's gone. Okay, so this starts immediately after uh, what Em's just seen. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting because the book takes place over a full year and there's only 14 chapters. I know. And I think at least the first three or four are in the same week <laughs> yeah um because i was thinking you know oh they should have put like someone's birthday in it like em's birthday or one of the kids's birthdays yeah because you'd think that the dad might have got in touch and you would have thought that would have been a bigger thing for the kids than yeah. easter yeah because easter was like a big thing like oh where's dad it's easter uh-huh but if it was em's birthday they could have done a lot more with that but yeah okay so uh what did you get for good i got <laughs> I got one good, is that bad? Uh, no, no. Um, it's a short chapter. Uh, the only good I've got, and it's right at the end of the chapter, but it doesn't even really hold up. Right, okay. Um. So she, he promises, promises her at the end of the chapter he's going to stay, and there's this whole thing where um he's like, you know, he's a prince, he's not a frog, and then in the morning like she just says, um, I was wrong, he was a total toad. In that sense, I was like, yes, amazing. Like, obviously she doesn't fully believe it yet but it's that kind of like she is becoming awake to it like mm-hmm. he lies and he yeah. is doing things so he gets out of situations yeah but it doesn't hold up she no that must be the only bad thing she's ever said about her dad and Honestly, which is i mean yeah. i guess you could say it's understandable because it's a dad yeah but everyone's like that with him he's never really made to confront what's happened yeah i mean the only person that like straight up hates him is the gran mm-hmm. obviously I, I know why like well, she's made to be, like, kind of antagonised for that, I think. Yeah. Like, like oh my god, Grandma, do you hate Dad? Why are you being so mean about Dad? Yeah. Kind of thing. But, oh god, it is difficult, because I do see the perspective of, like, like, this guy is so wonderful to them. Like, he's always telling them stories. Read, he constantly lies to them. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, um, he, yeah, he's a good dad, or we're led to believe he's a good dad before this. Mm-hmm. So it would be hard to just completely change your opinion of him in the space of, like, two minutes yeah completely but yeah and definitely does go between like wanting him back and hating him and yeah yeah and what you um, yeah i've got a couple of good things um yeah like just um witnessing like her parents arguing and a, and a mum like smacking her dad for cheating on her and she says i couldn't believe this was happening i kept shutting my eyes and opening them hoping that I was dreaming if only I could open my eyes to turn if I could only open my eyes determine determinedly yeah I guess determined 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 <laughs> enough I get back to our magical Christmas day like yeah she's witnessing something traumatic it's probably gonna fuck her up for life yeah it's not something that she's gonna be forgetting in a hurry mm-hmm. and yeah like you were saying earlier the day started so perfect and now it's completely like ruined and broken and the family's yeah. breaking up i just thought it was nice mm-hmm. um 
and again it's like a very complex thing that <laughs> Jacqueline Wilson explains and like describes really like simply and succinctly for children to understand yeah. I like that when Gran's like washing Em's hair like washing the stick out of her hair she says um she must have made a proper fuss of me when I was a baby all Gran's did which I liked because it implies that she doesn't now yeah because for whatever reason like Gran just hates Em like <laughs> she just is so awful to her oh she just doesn't like her at all no. um yeah but without saying like Gran hated me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh she couldn't stand me I don't know why like things like that it shows it in a like a much more interesting way yeah, it shows how she feels about it yeah too. I like that Maxie could see what was open Maxie's like I'm gonna say he's far but yeah I could be wrong <laughs> um like how um it says Maxie kept his eyes on Thomas but under his breath he muttered bad mummy bad daddy so like even this like toddler mm-hmm is like having adverse effects of seeing his parents fighting yeah um and we know later on that it does stay with maxi and it does really affect him mm-hmm. like maybe even more so than vita and m yeah um yeah i really like that like it starts from this moment and it continues like for an entire year like his behavior changes yeah that was basically oh my god <laughs> Yeah, like, I think, like, going on, like, from what you said, like, the kind of the feeling shown mm-hmm. from, like, that, like, really dramatic um, Christmas Day. And obviously, I think it builds the anticipation. And I thought that it was really sad, but it was also kind of, like, interesting. I mean, I put it in the yikes because it was a bit, like, but it's also <laughs> yeah. kind of, like, it's good. Um, was when he says, like, I've met someone else. Yeah. There's a silence, and then the mum says, yes, well, that's nothing new. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, you can feel your heart break with her. Yeah. And, like, Ev as well, because, like, she knows, and that's so mm. sad. But it's also, like, a bit more complex. It's not like they've been this really happy couple for yeah. years, and he's suddenly had an affair. Yeah. It's like, she's known he's been having all these affairs, but this is the one he's leaving with. Yeah. And it's just sad. Yeah, yeah I thought it was really well done. Because she, like, you can tell that, like, the man like idolizes and like loves this like shithead guy more than anyone else and the fact that he's just casually been repeatedly cheating on her Mm -hmm. for by the sounds of things a while yeah is so sad yeah it is like the effect that it has on her when he leaves is a massive Mm -hmm. and he does not seem to care in the slightest like he says he does but he lies so much yeah because I think a lot of my yikes is on him. Yeah, literally. He is yikes personified. Like, him lying to her. And, like, it's just so cowardly. Like, I, I think after that, he'd be completely antagonised. After yeah. lying to her, saying, I'm going to stay. And yeah. leaving just to avoid confrontation. Uh-huh. But that isn't it. That's not him being antagonised. It's like, oh, I, I couldn't bear seeing you upset. It's like, no, you just say you're a coward. Yeah. Like, you can't own up to your 11-year-old daughter. Be like, okay, yeah, I'm going, and leave it for a mum to explain to her instead. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, he's he's a big yikes, and I mean, I mean, I understand the mum's going through a lot in this yeah. chapter, but she takes it out on him as well. Like she's talking to him, and then um, it says like she wriggled away from me, suddenly furious. It's not bad word, okay, you silly little girl. He's leaving us for another woman, for God's sake. Mum hissed, and it's like she can't do anything right. Yeah. She's trying to be there for everyone. I but like, I understand that she's upset, but it's not Em's fault in the slightest it would be difficult for a child to like act in this situation Mm -hmm. like what are you what is she meant to do 
Yeah. There's some things where I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I understand, again, this is from two people that have been manipulated by this man. This sort of mentality continues all the way to the end of the book that makes me feel like it's a bit... Eh. <laughs> like, um, a lot of the themes with um, the separation links yeah. to it being the mum's fault, I think, yeah, for a lot of characters. Definitely. So, like, she's, the mum says, no wonder he's got sick of me, mum moaned. And M says, you go wash your face and put loads of makeup on, I said, then you'll knock him dead. And then there's this whole thing where she's, like, going through all made up. And it's like, no, like, you shouldn't try to appease him yeah. by trying to look better. Like, I, I don't know. It was... That kind of thing continues, though. Yeah. Yes, an 11-year-old would think, like, oh, if you look nice, mm-hmm. then he'll like you. Yeah. But it, uh, it's just not how the world works. Like, no. he clearly doesn't have any respect for her at all to do that to her. And then even to the point where... He was having that phone conversation with Sarah. Do it outside. I know. Like, he's that, like, arrogant that he... Like, he's in his own kitchen, his family are next door watching TV, and he's on the phone with someone else. Mm-hmm. And even afterwards, like... So, the, the man, like, is crying in bed, and the dad's, like, just downstairs, like, with the kids trying to act normal. And then the mum comes down, and then the dad says to her, come sit next to me, babe. To, to her... When he's just like the the audacity, I know. I mean, does this man think he is? Like, like, like he, and that's, that's a win. That's meant to be seen as a win. Like, oh, brilliant to speak it. Like, no, 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 not at all. Mm. But he's told her that he's leaving. He's told her that he's been having an affair. He's ruined her Christmas. He's ruined everyone's Christmas. I know. It's so like frustrating because I think this is another one of these books. And if I had to reflect it against one, obviously it's not. This is not the same situation. But if we look at um. Girls in Tears. Yeah. With Russell Ellie's relationship falling apart. Yeah. And then at the end, for anyone that's <laughs> just watched this episode, another book we reviewed. Um, and at the end, like they come back together. Yeah. This book kind of follows that same pattern of yeah. the, you know, it's assumed the happy ever after is her dad comes back. It could have been a good story mm-hmm. if the themes were okay, I'm stuck in this toxic place with this toxic person. Uh-huh. I come to the realisation I don't need them and then I'm fine on my own. They don't need a man. Yeah. Kind of the recovery out of that horrible situation rather than what makes it better is that toxic man which is the exact same in both situations which ruins the book. Completely. Like I would have loved and and it's so frustrating because the man does it a little bit towards the end and it looks like she's getting out of that headspace of feeling like she needs him. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks like she's going in a positive way where she's putting her kids' mental health, basically, before him, even though she still loves him. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, spoilers, but, yeah, it doesn't happen. No. And it's just very disappointing. It is a disappointing, because I felt they're in the exact space they are at the end than they are in the beginning. There's no character Mm. development, and there's no sort of condemning of the dad. He's an antagonist. He yeah. is. It could it it could have been done so much better. Say with the grand, I think the grand's a total antagonist. Uh-huh. But she isn't dealt with her resolution isn't the best either. Like the res it's always the resolutions. The resolutions always end so bad. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? The, re- the resolve it in such a bad way where it's kind of like, what was the point in reading it? Yeah. I, I hate the whole like grand's character is awful, but then like every so often she'll just hug one of them and they'll be like yeah oh she's she's hugging me so it means that she does love me like (laughs) like no i think it's a big 
trope so far in the Jacqueline Wilson books it's like if it's family you learn to forgive them which I yeah. don't agree with no, at all me neither but I think that's honestly being used in most books we've looked at yeah I mean in case it was good because obviously like Sylvie's mum was like oh you should still love your dad and Sylvie was like no I shouldn't which was brilliant yeah but <laughs> it's like the opposite yeah <laughs> a clean break <laughs> The only two yikes that I've got, like, just coming off of that was the first thing, the amount of, like, being a mum's emotional support thing that Em is, her mum should not... I know she has no one else to talk to, but even if it means talking to Gran, talk to Gran over Em, because Em is 11. Yeah. Like, Em immediately goes into her mum's room to comfort her, and she's like, oh, God, Em, what am I going to do? I love him so much, like that is your 11 year old daughter you should not be like putting all that onto her like that is far too like complex and like Mm -hmm. beyond what she can do like and that isn't normal that shouldn't be okay you shouldn't relate to that no i think that's a good thing no like oh my mom opens up to me about all of her like very personal grown-up problems because that's so much to put on em's shoulders yeah and like she's only got a lot on her shoulders anyway because she's got so much responsibility uh-huh. at 11 or however old she is yeah that she really doesn't need to be a mum's emotional punching bag which yeah. she is and she still has like a lot of anxiety related to like her biological dad who's also abusive yeah like at one point a mum says this crazy line where she's like oh um you've always been so kind to me even when your biological dad was punching the lights out of me you were always there for me i was like what the fuck who would say that i know like that is insane like why like what on earth like what why are you saying this like (laughs) to your child yeah she's probably like she's got a lot i think in the same sense it was something like oh yeah like that like your biological dad battered us yeah battered us that was crazy it's like oh but you still meet up with him if you want to it's like no don't 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 do that it's really bad and then the last like yikes thing i've got was em knows now that her dad's leaving but the little ones don't know so Mm -hmm. her dad's trying to like make the christmas day all normal and they're they're all having like a cuddle and em whispers in her dad's ear like you're not really going are you and her dad says shh princess emerald we won't discuss state secrets in front of princess vita and prince maxi Mm-hmm. dad said putting a finger to my lips it's the same thing he does with the mum to shut her up yeah like makes a joke out make, of it yeah literally makes a joke out of it like like oh it's just one of my stories but it actually isn't just one of his stories he really is leaving mm-hmm. and he's too much of a coward to actually sit his kids down and tell them he's yeah. leaving it to the mum how is he expecting her to act she's not just gonna pretend that christmas day is normal like he is yeah because she is a good person <laughs> he's still pretending everything's fine yeah and she's terrified like like her favorite person's leaving at like at the end of the day and the way he resolves that and he thinks yeah i've been a good dad there is being like yeah i promise i won't go and then proceeds to go that like same night i know em goes to bed thinking that everything's okay i mean even though it isn't and then she wakes up and he's gone it's awful Chapter 3. Dad has left Emma note which Gran discovers and rips. Em upset, comfort eats, and she and Vita make a wish in the turkey wishbone that Dad will come back. The week passes and Dad hasn't returned. Mam spent the week walking around town to try and find where he is but hasn't had any luck. Dad rings though and invites the kids out on New Year's Day. Mam's upset that she's not been advi- invited and is angry at Em for wanting to go with him. On New Year's Day, Dad is late and they're worried that he won't turn up. He does and takes the kids out of the house quickly before another argument starts between him and Mam. 
I am conflicted with this. Okay. Um, obviously, we've talked about the weight stuff already, and we have talked about before how Jacqueline Wilson really, really, really likes doing either a really thin character yeah. or a heavier character. Yeah. In this chapter, obviously, she's saying she's like a heavier character, which is, you know, fine. And she also, I think she deals with the problems by um, emotionally eating. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. I think there's not a lot of representation Mm -hmm. in that. I think usually if you eat a lot, it's like you're greedy. Yeah. Rather than there's a problem there that's causing you to do that. Like, um, started pulling little shreds of turkey off and once it started, I couldn't stop. And she always talks about how she feels so empty. She yeah. feels like she needs to fill that up with food. And I thought that was quite good representation. I wish something was done to help her. Uh-huh. Apart from... Because, like, it seems to almost see, like, she emotionally eats, but the way to stop her doing that is a grand calling of fat, which makes yeah. me so mad. I know. And, like, the way to deal with someone who emotionally eats, whether that's, like, you know, a disordered eating habit or not, uh-huh. you don't deal with that by fat shaming them. No. Like, that's so damaging. And if anything, they do the opposite. Like, I am glad they did some representation of that rather than just, I'm always so hungry, I want all the food, I'm so greedy. I'm glad at least some of the eating was shown to be affected by her emotions, which I think isn't done a lot. Yeah, I did like that. But then also a part of me was like, Ellie did that. Yeah, and yeah, she did the same thing. Basically, like, even the way that the sentences about her eating are structured is, like, really, really similar. Yeah. I was just like, okay, yeah, I know this. Like, mm-hmm. it's so repetitive. And like, it, not to say that it. like you can't have, if you're an author, you have to write about something completely different every time. Mm-hmm. But I think like I know what you mean. Yeah, I think Ellie did it better. Yeah, like, it was done better with Ellie. It was more fleshed out. I feel like with M, it was more just like every so often it'd be like shoved in there. Like yeah, like it wasn't an active storyline. It was more you know like how. Maybe not with Ellie, because obviously a lot of her issues were related. With other characters, it's like, I feel like this is just said so she can call the character fat. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of done this one. Like, when I first read it, I was like, oh, okay, I wonder if this turns into anything. Uh-huh. I don't think it is. I don't feel like the way her emotional eating resolved is realistic or good enough. And it's like what you were saying, um, it does feel repetitive. And it's also kind of like, we'll get on a good line about like how a food can make her feel better and then she'll be like i am like a pot-bellied pig i'm a whale yeah, and i'm like we don't need that that's no. nasty yeah and like it just feels like it's so they can call a character fat to be honest no i i do know what you mean it was something that i picked up on as well it was in there when it felt like it was a good time to put it in yeah and then apart from that like it wasn't really spoken about because i feel like if you because it is implied that she has some sort of like disordered eating habits mm-hmm. And if you were to have disordered eating habits, you'd be thinking about it, or it would be more... Relevant than word. Yeah. Than like, oh, here's some food. Oh, by the way, I eat because I'm empty inside. Yeah. It, it's I, conveniently brought up. Yeah. I, I liked... There's, this chapter is the first mention of M's biological dad. Mm-hmm. Vita says, I can't remember your dad, which I feel like it was because Vita wasn't born when M's yeah. dad was around. <laughs> and, and then M says, I can't remember him either. It wasn't quite true. I still had nightmares about him. I shivered and stuffed more turkey in my mouth. Like, I like that because it shows that trauma does have an effect. And yeah. that even though it's been like five plus years, mm-hmm. she still thinks about him and it 
he would rather just not think about him. Yeah, and it's also kind of, it's, that's quite interesting how, like, it's kind of like, she brings it up, like, really subtly, like, I still have nightmares about and she sort of shudders at it, mm-hmm. but it's not even brought up that much in the narration because she's repressed it that deeply. Yeah. Like, she's repressed it, so she can't even bring it up now, but it's in the back of her head, that, yeah. so it slivers out a little bit, uh-huh. which is quite good. Yeah, and then they both wish for the dad to come back, which I totally see why they would do that. It's been, like, a day since he's gone. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they would want him back, like, no matter how horrible he's been. Yeah. Um, even though it, it's bad, it's realistic, and I completely understand where they're coming from as children. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was good. But then I thought, like, oh, okay, so now they're going to want the dad back, but over the course of the book, they're going to realise that actually they're better off without him. Yeah. And then that'll make sense that, like, their growth is that they shouldn't have a toxic guy in their life, and then at the end... Julie's going to be a really good single mom, and the grand's going to stop being a dick and help out as well. Yeah. But yeah, we don't get that. But as a standalone chapter, I understand why they wish for the dad to come back. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate, and I think it's realistic, how they refer to Sarah as horrible, like from the outset, mm-hmm. and they don't understand that, like, it was the dad who cheated on the mom for Sarah. They yeah. see it as Sarah has, like, seduced the dad away mm-hmm. from the family. Just, like, stolen. Yeah, stolen him away, which I completely get, because they can't see their dad. Even though, like, M does at the end of the last chapter, they can't see their dad as being bad or being wrong in any way. Yeah. So, immediately, all the blame falls to Sarah. Yeah, which is understandable, because it's kind of, like, as well as, like, it's been hiding it since, like, what, this is New Year's Day, isn't it? This is Boxing Day. Okay, this is Boxing Day, so yesterday yeah <laughs> dad was normal and fine yeah. and now he's gone so that's really natural that'd be like the first thought yeah the last good thing that i got was the mom standing up for m when the grand's being horrible at work because i was waiting for it this is chapter three and the grand said mean things in all three chapters so far and finally basically basically she's like i can stand you being mean to me but don't be horrible to my kids and i was like yes julie thank god like, stand up for your child man yeah a lot of the negative reviews did not like the mum at all. They said really? that she was really weak and didn't stand up for herself and just let him walk all over her. Which, ugh. Because it kind of feels like she's been emotionally yeah, like, abused. Yeah, like, she is, like, the victim. Oh, I don't know, I like her. I do like her. I like her much more than I like the grandma that dad. Yeah, me too. Like, she, she does say some really awful things to her kids. Yeah. Like, she does. But she does work hard and she does genuinely love the kids, which I don't feel like the dad does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the gran is just saying some really awful things to the mum. This is now on New Year's Day where they're waiting for the dad to turn up to take the kids out. Yeah. And um, then M says, stop getting at our mum and being so mean about our dad. You're not supposed to talk like that in front of children. Literally. Yeah. Literally, M. Like, thank you. Little eleven-year-old M is speaking the truth here. Yeah. Like, say what you want about the dad. Yeah, the dad is a dick, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. He doesn't come up with this. <laughs> and it's kind of like sometimes we'll have adults in the books that say really toxic things, and yeah. it's never really condemned. And I'm glad that there is some sort of there is someone here to be like, no, this yeah. isn't normal and this isn't okay. I mean I kinda wish that I continued to a point where it was like, no, we don't need her in our life anymore. You know, it's better than some books I'd say. Yeah, no it is. And then I didn't get any bad. I like barely got any bad to be honest. Me too. That was the the um, the column I got where I was kinda struggling a lot. Yeah. A lot of it fell into yikes to be honest. Yeah. I got a shitload of yikes. 
same. Like, oh my god, everything that Gran said in this chapter uh-huh. was horrible. Like, I think she li- she listed all of these things off, and I was like, Jesus Christ. She was like, like in the space of like five minutes, it was like, boys don't wear high heels. You're rubbish at choosing men. One violent note, one sleazy charmer. Rita, you look like a little tart. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, imagine telling a seven-year-old she looks like a tart. Like, like, <laughs> that is absolutely vile. Like, what know. is wrong with her? And, like, then, you know, she, like, digs in her maxi. It was, like, a little kid, like... It, like, he's basically a baby. Like, yeah, and he's just like, I want to wear your shoes. And she's like, boys don't wear high heels. It's like, oh, my God, he just tried his mum's shoes on for a second. I know. And she's down his neck. Yeah, like, Maxi was actually not going to go and meet the dad yeah. wearing his mum's high heels. And then it was straight away to being like, oh, do you know whose problem it is for going out with a violent man and somebody cheated on you? Yours. And it's like, no, I, I really no, don't think it is. That is victim blaming Ellen. Yeah, <laughs> like all those sentences were like done in about a paragraph and I was just like, gobble open. She has no chill, like, at no. all. Like, she's always at 100 being awful to everyone, like, within her vicinity. Like, yeah. <laughs> She literally wakes up and like, right, who should I abuse first? Like, the bit where she rips up the letter that the dad wrote N, a part of me was like, yes, I understand he shouldn't have wrote her a letter. The way she goes about it is ripping it up in front of her, and then when she starts crying, she says, you can stop that silly noise too. We've had enough weeping and wailing going on. Enough tears to sink the Titanic. It's New Year's Day. Yeah. And on Christmas Day, the dad... Same for Emily that he's been cheating on a man and is moving out. Yeah. She and like the ripping the paper up and saying as she's doing it, I'm going to tear it into tiny shreds. She tore it all into particles of paper. I was like, Ellen, why is this personally affecting you? Like that is some chaotic evil energy. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's just a villain. She like is it in this chapter where she like shouts at the man and then she gives her a hug and then Everyone's like, I don't know why you're in such a state, Julie. I knew what he was like. I don't know why I'm reading this so dramatically. <laughs> I think Ellen's dialogue needs a dramatic reader, to be honest. Why do you have to let him hurt you so? You need to toughen up a bit. Like, literally victim blaming. Not helpful in any way. But then, she gives her a cuddle. Everything's fine now. <laughs> and then Vita and Maxie join in on the cuddle as well. And it's all good. Even though she's just spent... Like, hang on, let me count the lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, um, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen lines hurling abuse at a daughter who is going oh through God. maybe one of the worst things you could go through. Mm-hmm. And then she gives her a cuddle and it's all good. Everything's fine. And though. it's brilliant. She can say whatever the hell she wants, but like show some affection and it's all good. It's all mm-hmm. fixed. Like, that is absolutely awful she oh. needs you to be supportive at the moment she's horrible and that and is not like, supportive at all and that's not how situations should be fixed like someone can't say to you like oh you're stupid like you do this you do that you do that oh it's okay i've hugged you forgive me yeah. like no that's not how family relationships should work if someone's hurt you family or not yeah you don't have to forgive them no yeah um and then the next kind of big thing I got was the fact that M's mum it says mum looked at me she didn't say anything the look was enough at mm-hmm. M wanting to go out with the dad yeah. because the dad rings and he's like oh come for a day out with me and then 
Em's obviously like, oh my god, yes. Um, will Mum be coming? And then he's like, oh no, it's just the day out for the three of us. So Em's mum can't see why Em would want to go, and she's like, she like blanks her when Em's yeah. like, yes, I'm going. Like she's eleven, she misses her dad. Yeah, her dad might be a dick, but like you can't blame you can't your eleven year who doesn't shouldn't have a real grasp on what's going on no. at this point. Like making her take sides at this point is just awful. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I know the mum's obviously the victim in this, but it doesn't mean that as kids they should have to pick because he's you know like oh like just not see him full stop. Yeah. Obviously they're gonna want to see him because that would damage them like so much if that was it Christmas uh-huh. Day they never saw him ever again. Um. The next thing I got was this. I put it as yikes which it is but it's also like i swear we've had this sentence or something to the effect of this sentence in pretty much every book we've read yeah i didn't look like a pretty princess i looked more like a pot-bellied pig i stood in my knickers sorting through all the clothes in my wardrobe nearly weeping oh my right. god the times we've read that so in love lessons she doesn't like any of her clothes mm-hmm. she stands in a bra and a bar of knickers and she's like oh god I don't know what to wear the girl series we have it basically in every book with Ellie in Kiss we have it with Sylvie because she's so tiny she doesn't feel like she's developed enough to be attractive or whatever and here it is now and in every book except this one they all wear the mum's clothes as well it's just constant repetition in it and like every sense being like I look like a pot-bellied pig it's like oh my god whenever you talk about bigger people why do you always have to refer to them as animals that's so strange so like dehumanising yeah <laughs> like um, and then like she's got Vita on her shoulder being like yeah you look fat and I'm like alright yeah. Vita like you can chill out I also hate like the implication that like bigger people can't look good and the only <laughs> time like it was good seen as good anyway which I also was a bit like ugh was Russell liked it because he thought it made her more curvy and I was yeah. like oh this is weird like, yeah like he liked her boobs and he was like older than her and it was just like oh for god's sake <laughs> like why do I have to do this with yeah. every character like I understand that maybe Jacqueline Wilson is really passionate about weight related issues and she wants to show that to kids to kind of be like you know what it's it's okay to have those issues but yeah. she doesn't do anything with it there's no way to get over it there's no way to be okay with your yeah. weight it's like you're not happy with your weight Eva's um insert character's name here they think they're a pot-bellied pig slash stick insect uh-huh. um this means you can relate no like I, that does not do anything for me or alternatively like two options as a bigger person you're an animal or you're a sexual object yeah like oh it's like fine because russell thinks you're fit and it's like oh brilliant thanks <laughs> so we love russell i'd love for russell to think i was fit yeah or it's like oh if you happen to like yeah like good point like, if you look younger um, which happens to be all the protagonists it's like yep yeah, you, you're fine and then if you happen to develop your body like quicker than other girls that means that you're also mentally older and you sexualise yourself yeah. and others sexualise you and it's like just because your body might develop quicker than other people at your age it doesn't uh-huh. mean that you are like I am the sexy one I am 14 <laughs> and I love the sex like no that's <laughs> not a good thing like yeah it's it's really bad and like it goes on to talk about Vita and it, she says um that the trousers that Vita's wearing show off Vita's tiny waist and totally flat stomach I thought that was weird because she's like seven like what well that's what I, when I was reading it I was like wait how old are these kids meant to be be 
being like, oh, it shows off her toned. Was it toned? <laughs> totally flat stomach. That's weird. Yeah. And I know, like, it's from Em's point of view, she's comparing her body to her sister's body. But that's weird. Like, comparing to, because, like, a seven year old kid, they're like, they are a, a, like a very little child. And it's like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just weird. It's just, it doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. And I, then her grandma said, she, you look like a, t- a little tart. A little tart. To a seven, she's a kid. If she wants to wear a crop top, let her. Like yeah. Oh, like if you're not gonna let her, don't say she looks like a little tart. Like yeah. what's that gonna do? With I her? know. Like just like, stop sexualizing children. Yeah, just, just don't sexualize her, like, baby. Just say, oh, Vita, you're gonna be called mm. put a junk on. I don't know. Yeah. So that that was that. Hated that. Not horrible. And um, the last thing I got that was yikes to me was. M's dad finally turns up, obviously. Everyone's all over him. And then um the dad like basically comes in the house, the mum's there and she starts an argument with him, so he's like, No, right, okay, we're leaving now. Doesn't think to put the little kids' coats and shoes on, so M's like, Wait, wait, we need to put the coats on, it's like New Year's Day, it's freezing. Mm. And then the dad says, You're like a little mum, eh? more grown up than a lot of us. That is not a good thing no. for an 11-year-old to be, to take so much responsibility for a younger siblings because all the adults are horrible. Yeah. Like, oh, um, oh you're so good. You're so you're grown so, up. So caring. Like, yeah. no, you are the children's father and you should be concerned that they're not wearing coats in winter. And I feel like stuff like that, because, like, I can... If this story was done differently, say, like, Later on, and comes the realization that the dad doesn't actually care about them, and she's like, "It's little things, like you know, like he doesn't care if they're wearing coats. He doesn't look after them yeah. like a dad should." Yeah, it's like okay, that would make a lot of sense because at the time she's just complimented it by, which is totally reasonable because as an eleven-year-old, you don't completely yeah. process things. So she'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm a grown-up." Uh-huh. But when she looks at it, she could kind of reflect and be like, "Oh, at least someone else could if she wasn't going to." But no, it's just left us. Ha ha ha, you're so quirky, Dad. Yeah. I am a grown up and you are cool Man and child. Dad takes the three of them to London on the train. He seems tired and withdrawn. He takes the kids to a parade, which scares Maxie so much that he's sick. Dad then has to take the kids back to his flat so that they can clean up, where they meet his new girlfriend, Sarah. Sarah takes an immediate dislike to all of them, and when she goes out for tea with them, she only speaks to Dad. The two of them do a lot of public displays of affection in front of the kids, which makes them feel uncomfortable. When they voice this, Dad shouts at them. When they go home, they all refuse to kiss Dad goodbye. <laughs> this chapter... <laughs> oh my god, it was funny. <laughs> it was so eventful. Yeah. At so many points, I was just like, what? What? Yeah, I know, it was kind of like... Some things as well were just really obscure, and I was like, I wonder why that's been added. I know. Um, for good... I got a good when he's t- like again the dad's telling stories. Yeah. And M says like my heart melted in this freezing fantasy land and in two minutes I love dad so much I was willing to forgive him again. And I was like it's interesting to see how I wish it was kind of talked about more how it's a bad thing. Yeah. But it does discuss how the dad makes up this kind of like false reality. Uh huh. So it's like, no, it's fine. Like, yeah, like his stories are so good. Yeah, like it's, it's, he does it to make them feel better, but uh-huh. he's doing it to just escape from telling them the truth. Literally. At the, like, where have you been? And, and he's like, let me tell you about your individual castles that you each live in. Yeah. 
no and he does that constantly and mm-hmm. like the description is so good like the way that his kind of story narration is written it's amazing but I just can't help but hate it because it's him yeah <laughs> like it's very well written but it just makes me hate him so bad yeah completely he's horrible um yeah all of that is good there's a lot of that in yeah. this chapter is it implied that he was like hungover? I thought so because it was like he was late and he like cleaned up in the train station so yeah. I was like like or is it kind of like he can't sleep he's so nervous or oh, maybe but I kind of I'm more implied that it was he's hungover yeah. but at the same time because he's not a villain he's not seen as a villain I don't think fully so no. I was kind of like oh maybe it was but I, I don't know because it was obviously New Year's Eve oh before, yeah is what I'm thinking I didn't even pick up on that yeah so like he sleeps on the train doesn't he and like mm-hmm. she said that he like doesn't look right he's like pale mm-hmm. and like he's like sleeping but he's like frowning and making noises in his sleep so and he doesn't, like, probably hungover. I didn't get many good I got more bad and yikes to be honest I have a bit but it's all like like lines I liked like I like this bit where um talks about how she doesn't like obviously because she's fat and Gran made her buy clothes from like a plus size kids shop and she says I knew I was a fat kid but I didn't want the labels on my clothes reminding me all the time which is realistic I was that kid as well yeah like my school uniform all came from like the next plus size range I used to hate it (laughs) yeah I used to absolutely hate it um It's embarrassing when you're yeah. in school. It's under. It's like understandable. Yeah, like you shouldn't hate it. Like, but it's kind of like obviously forced into yeah society to be ashamed of it. Uh-huh. And when you're a kid, it's so bad because it's yeah you're a kid. Yeah, and I also liked how so Maxi <laughs> throws up on everyone again. Like there was vomit in the first chapter. Like so it's, it's a lot of vomit. It's a lot of vomit <laughs> chapters. Yeah, it's not a very long book, and there's like. A disproportionate amount of throwing up. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. There's a lot of sick. Yeah, everyone's covered in sick, and then Dad says, "We'll go to my home," and then M says, "We all stared at him. What does he mean, his home? It sounded much too permanent. It wasn't his home. It was Sarah's. Mm. Like he's already calling Sarah's flat his home. It's been a week. I know. Like that is a bit of a." awkward thing to say yeah kids, my like, home my house my house would be easier <laughs> yeah like a home is like a video home yeah i didn't think that was very nice of him and i like that M picked up on it and the younger kids also picked up on it as well mm-hmm. i just thought it was a nice little touch and like shows that how quickly it's taken for him to having a home with his family his wife and his kids and then having a home with sarah it's yeah. a week meanwhile the mom is like having a complete breakdown to be honest mm-hmm. like not eating not going to work at this point she's just crying she's like trawling the streets looking for him and he's like having the time of his life and he just got to leave like that yeah and he can just like pick up the kids whenever he pleases yeah i liked even though it shouldn't matter i liked um maxi not maxi and vita em and vita were talking about whether or not sarah was prettier than the man it's a similar thing that, like what we were talking about earlier when we were saying how like looks in the kids eyes like played a part in whether or not they would stay together yeah they're thinking in their heads oh if she's prettier than mam then that's why he's with her yeah like to be honest i don't know why he's with her <laughs> yeah like because she doesn't seem like a very nice person and it's not like he loves her either because they break up as soon as they move to scotland yeah yeah i know i like that as well and i also like how 
her dad upsets em because of course mm-hmm. he does and then she says that he doesn't understand how much what he said hurt her like he just carries on as normal and she's trying not to cry and she doesn't cry in front of him because he she doesn't want to yeah like she's sparing his feelings and is internally hurting inside she doesn't feel like she can say anything because she loves him so much yeah. meanwhile he's just totally fine it shows that he doesn't really care about her feelings he literally just cares about himself and his kids liking him yeah to the point where their feelings are completely invalidated yeah and then this last little bit the kids banding together to see that the dad is an asshole. yeah <laughs> Like, Maxie's like, why is he kissing that lady? And then Vita's like, he likes her. And then Maxie's like, like he just doesn't accept that at all. He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then they run off. Em's like, oh, I looked back to see if, like, he was running after us. Because, like, they're in London. They're, yeah. like, 11, 7, and 4 running around London. And they're just and, getting off. Yeah, and they're just getting off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's fine. That's, that's completely normal. That's, like, how humans behave. Um, and then they all come at this realisation that they, they actually really don't want to be there at all and they want to go home yeah. so then Vita's like we want to go home and then then dad's like oh back to Sarah's like, like what <laughs> nope no and then Vita's like no our house and then he takes he takes them home and I love something I love about Vita is just like she really does speak her mind yeah like sometimes she says the things that Em's too scared to say mm-hmm. and she says um, I'm not listening. I don't care about stupid princesses. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Like, Vita, yes, tell him mm-hmm. how you feel. Because if you don't overtly call him out, he's just not going to listen. It's like she's seven and he, she's like, no, like, stop covering it up with these stupid stories yeah. and just say it outright. Yeah, like, they don't feel comfortable. It's too soon mm-hmm. for them to be seeing that. Yeah, and then that none of them kiss him and then he's like oh princess emerald you will give me a kiss won't you and then um and like dodges around him and like goes inside and i was like yes and oh thank god like yes this is what we want to see we want to see them realize that he is toxic but in like a child-friendly way yeah um that was what i got for good like that chapter ended on a very very good note Mm -hmm. i wish the book kind of ended on that note yeah that kind of like no we're done with you yeah Um, absolutely don't need you yeah i agree that was a good ending for that chapter because like it was kind of like the way it was set up they were so excited Uh to go out with him see him but obviously it wasn't as picture perfect as they thought it was going to be and obviously not because he's not a good person um, I got one yikes, which is a stupid yikes, considering mm-hmm. all the, the uh, not yikes. I got one bad, yeah. considering all the yikes I've got. Yeah, and I just thought it was really obscure. Okay, go on. <laughs> Did you think the sausage bit was really what, weird? Okay, what the fuck was that about? I'm yeah, so sorry, like, but like what? that made absolutely no sense. There was no need for it either. Like basically, they're watching a parade with the dad, and um, she's trying to say that the sausage costume didn't look like a sausage. People thought it was like you know a penis. Yeah. And it was weird though. Like this is the way it was like phrased. It was um the sausage shouldn't really look like an obvious sausage when it was separated from its breakfast companions. Lots of people were falling about laughing, thinking it was something very rude. That's it. That's that's legit. All we hear about the parade, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> what? How weird is that? Even the way it was set up made me like half roll my eyes and half like furrow my brow in confusion. Yeah. Maxie, like four-year-old Maxie, is on M's shoulders, 
And then he says, lift me higher, M. I can't see a sausage, as a four-year-old would yeah, say. you know, normal. Then, spookily, a giant walking sausage came bobbing along as if Maxie had just rubbed a magic lamp and conjured it up. What are the chances of that? Like, yeah. I can't see it. Like, what? Like, the, like, it's eggs all over again being, like, saying really weird things a four-year-old wouldn't say. It's like, I can't see a sausage. It's like, have you ever... Met a four-year-old that's how you're saying that. No, never. No. My sister's four, and <laughs> no, I don't feel like she would say that. Like, I can't see a sausage. sausage. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just the setup for, for Maxie to, I was going to say Frankie then, that's what <laughs> my sister's name, um, Maxie to be sick. They only got uh, his flat because Maxie's been sick, so they needed a reason for Maxie to be sick. Yeah. But that seemed like such a strange reason. Mm-hmm. Like, such a random reason, like... It could, like... The thing is, she uses repetition for things that'd be so easily to make other really normal storylines. Yeah. But when she does do something a bit different, it's a breakfast parade. Yeah. (laughs) Where the sausage doesn't look like a sausage. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know, it's just weird. I got more bad in this chapter than I think I did in any chapter. Like, immediately, first paragraph, the repetition. He bought a takeaway cup of black coffee at the station and a bag of donuts for us he shuddered when i offered him our bag of sugary donuts like donuts then followed by donuts like he shuddered when he shuddered when i offered him the bag that would be fine it just feels clunky yeah it was very clunky very very clunky and then the sausage thing which like i mean okay jackie like what (laughs) That, that's normal <laughs> that's completely um, fine and then the other bad thing that I've, I got actually I'll, that's quite a major bad thing and I know I've got another like my, more minor one that I'll talk about first okay so the other minor one was so the three kids are watching dad and Sarah get off with each other mm-hmm. and then Vita says let's creep up on them and give them a big push right into the duck pond and then <laughs> the M says we all laughed in a weird high pitched way <laughs> like it just seems like why in a weird high pitched way like it's so it, oh my god it nearly um, that like that angered me as much as when they were on the train doing that dance oh yeah they were all what's doing, the like, need a, what's the no, need there is no need we laughed in a high pitched way I really wish they pushed them in the pond by the way I know that would I was so funny I was waiting for it because I was like yeah these kids hate their dad now push them in push them in there it'll be yeah, hilarious I'm ready and they didn't God damn it. I just laughed in a high-pitched way. The last bad thing I got was Sarah's whole character was just me. <laughs> oh like, my God, how Sarah. bad. Okay, so Sarah, she come, she, they're going to the flat. The flat, I imagine, is more like a like a bedsit type flat where everything's kind of in like one or two rooms because like the bed is in the living room as well. I thought they'd be like three room accommodation. Yeah. Because <laughs> she was like, she's really young. Yeah, she looks a little bit older than M. She's... <laughs> Worrying, M's eleven. M's eleven. <laughs> like, oh my god! And but she was high, so I was like, please say she's eighteen. Like eight, like even eighteen though. I know, like, eighteen <laughs> compared to this guy with three kids. Right. So she go. They go in. Sarah hates the children. Like not even like in a two faced way. She just really <laughs> does hate the children for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like she has the dad now. Like the dad lives with her. Yeah. So it's not like she can be jealous of them really. If they want to explain it like that. Yeah, she's just, like, rude. Like, she like, lights a cigarette yeah. and then, like, 
an 11 year old daughter of the guy she's seen looks at she goes what what did you do i was like jesus christ who is this woman like why why is she like and then like um she calls vita by the wrong name she calls vita m and then vita's like i'm not m i'm vita and then she just goes whatever <laughs> and like imagine and the dad's just sat there like this is fine this is normal i'm not gonna say a thing yeah like watch my girlfriend just be mean to my kids like oh whatever <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about your names you know i'm the stepmom the thing is as well as that she this is the only time she's broken it yeah they could have done a lot more with it like to make her this distinctive like yeah. she's just like evil stepmom territory yeah this is the only scene we have with her and it's just her saying whatever, whatever. And, like having a groom fart <laughs> to me though i feel like it's just very cliche like mm-hmm. of course she hates the kids of course she's horrible and of course even though she's horrible the dad still loves her i just I thought it was quite like typical yeah completely um but it doesn't really matter because we don't see her ever again. Yeah, <laughs> as usual. And, and another thing as well, the cliches. She's so young. Um, she doesn't seem that much older than me. Why does every single dad, like not even the protagonists, yeah, every single dad, yeah, in every single Jacqueline Wilson book, books like goes after younger girls, and it's just weird. It is just really weird. I'm surprised that M didn't fancy some like sixteen year old boy. Yeah, that would like finished it off <laughs> i know uh what did you get for yikes like you know got like just like typical stuff the dad says like oh yeah the constant saying to maxi like because maxi's like honestly related to maxi in many parts because yeah. i was the wimpiest kid yeah. ever <laughs> and like he just cries anything and like can't do anything and it's like come on maxi be a man and like he's four yeah he's four like they call him the man of the house later in the book and i was like shut up um so there's that which you know mm-hmm. just toxic he's a four-year-old kid and yeah. whenever he cries no one's ever there for him but um everyone's just <laughs> yeah. like oh my god maxi be a man and he's yeah. a toddler exactly like it's the same thing they do to em like yeah em's like the man figure she's so caring and looks after everyone maxi the baby yeah. is, is um the man of the he's house meant to, he's meant to be a man at he's what like, age four like he's meant to protect Jesus everyone Christ. like oh god it's awful and another yikes of a kind of had related to that is like he's telling them because they're upset obviously the kids uh-huh. and he says now stop behaving like silly babies the hair of you I've been longing for you to meet Sarah and this is the perfect opportunity. She's yeah. very special to me. I was like, this is New Year's Day. Uh-huh. This is a week. And he's getting yeah. literally getting annoyed at them uh-huh. for not being like, oh my God, I'm so excited to meet your girlfriend, Dad. It's like, this I is really I'm... weird. Last on Christmas Eve, you're like snuggled up to mum on the sofa. Uh-huh. Now you're like, this is my girlfriend. She's really special to me, actually. Yeah. And then he really casually puts in next, like even M says, you've only been seeing her since Christmas. It's been a week. Yeah. And he was like, I've been seeing her for six months actually and it's like oh okay oh, okay thank you for that dad like that makes me feel yeah. excellent like Jesus Christ so it's like a long-term affair not like a short-term affair and like even things like he just has no awareness no they're having a meal yeah and says dad didn't seem to understand how much he'd upset me he went right back up to the chime with Sarah he's she snuggled up to him and whispered in his ear they were like two hateful kids at school ganging up on us and I was like yeah. that's so sad like he's like, I'm gonna take you out for a meal, and he's just like whispering to his girlfriend, yeah, like, like ignoring his own kids who've been like going out of their minds, wanting to come home. I know. I wonder what Sarah was whispering to him. <laughs> I hate you, kids. <laughs> so stupid. 
Anyway, I can't wait to dye my hair black. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Sarah is like a hippie. Did you know that? Yeah, it's like oh, she like did she have piercings or something? She yeah, painted she's, her nails. I know that. Yeah, she's got piercings and her soaps have petals in them. Oh god, of course. Like, <laughs> the, the like death character. They're like she's evil. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, like he does just repeatedly put his feelings before his kids' feelings. Like when Maxie throws up. He's like trying to comfort him and then somehow makes throwing up all about himself. Yeah. Like it wasn't a monster, it was just a poor out of work actor just like Daddy in a manky costume. Maxie, I've dressed up in daft costumes. I was once a chicken in a shopping centre when a new cheap old chicken restaurant opened up. How Who bad is that? I think a city. Why would four year old? Like why would Maxie care? Like that isn't gonna help him. Like, like nice start I've thrown up. Sort yeah. me out. <laughs> sort me out. <laughs> like, I'm four. Like, what do you mean he's an out-of-work actor? Um, I hate that Em refers to herself as a big pink hippo when she's having a bath. There is no, literally, that sentence could have been deleted mm. and it would have had the it same effect. nothing to the story. I think what what would have been better is um her describing while she's having a bath in Sarah's flat how out of place she feels, how uncomfortable mm-hmm. she feels, which she does talk about, to be fair, but, like, make that the focus not how she looks while she's bathing. Yeah, that because like right now that's not the focus of no. what's going on. And it doesn't say anything about her body image issues. No. It's just a way to call her fat. Yeah, literally. <sighs> yeah, oh my god. Yeah, so another yikes. Sorry, there's so many yikes in this there's one. There's a big yikes scene, but there's many a yikes. Um so he says to Em, right, Oh, I've been seeing Sarah for six months. And then he says I thought you'd understand, then. Like, what does that mean? I thought you'd understand. Like, no, she's not... You can't expect her to understand the fact that you've been having a six-month-long affair mm-hmm. with this woman, and then you go, you take her to her flat, and your kids feel uncomfortable. Like, what yeah. is there to understand about that? No. There is nothing to understand. He's not sorry at all. No, he's literally not sorry. He just wants to brush over all the hurt he's caused, mm-hmm. get back to normal somehow. And by doing that, he's completely avoiding how his kids are feeling, and it's yeah. absolutely horrible. Em describes herself as shamefully big, God. which is an absolutely horrible shamefully way. Shamefully big? Shamefully big. That's horrid. That is absolutely vile. You should never be shamed. Shamefully <laughs> big. And how big you are. Like, but I didn't know to it either, but that was it. It's like, oh, um, anyway, I'm on my way to school. I am shamefully big. Anyway, I picked up a pencil. It's like so randomly added into the narration. It's like, okay, we get it. And it's also kind of like, are we ever going to have a bigger character that doesn't mind that she's a bigger character? Or like, she is confident? without being sexualized yeah or even if she's self-conscious does it have to constantly be kind of done in a really derogatory way by like the kind of stuff that i feel like other people would say yeah like yeah. you're a hippo you're fat i feel like if you're going to describe having body image issues there's so many ways to do it mm-hmm. like how you kind of wish you, you, you don't feel like your body's a part of you or yeah. you don't feel like you suit it rather than i look like a hippo it just feels so hollow yeah like I agree. um Chapter 5. Gran and Mam ask questions about where they went and what Sarah was like. It makes Em uncomfortable and they get angry when she can't remember certain details. Em comforts Vita, who is upset that she ignored Dad and is scared that Dad won't like her anymore. The next day, Mam apologises to Em and she goes to work with her. At work, Em speaks to the other people in the shopping arcade who all ask her where her dad is. Em goes to her dad's fairy shop, which is locked. It was a pretty short chapter again. Did you get any good? 
I mean, I don't know, again, I don't feel like this stu- this like held up, because I was kind of like, this is when we're introduced again to um, Jacqueline Wilson's alter ego, Jenna Williams. <laughs> and um, yeah. she's, I think, I think what she's trying to do is say, like, by reading Jacqueline Wilson's books, she relates, so she feels better. So she was, she's talking about one of the books, I'm not sure which one this is, she's saying Elsie was good fun, even though she told terrible jokes, I understood exactly how she felt having to look after her little brother and sister all the time, and I was like, okay, I guess that could be good, Mm -hmm. because, you know, like, it's showing how kids can read books and relate and understand, but looking back, I'm kind of just like, all it does is shows how repetitive these stories are. Like, like you, oh yeah, you can um, relate to that many books like by the same author. Yeah, it's just repetitive. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's um the Ben Breakfast Star. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like in the Bed and Breakfast Star, she does look after her brother and sister. Yeah. And she does have a stepdad who is a bit of a dick. <laughs> um and the mum cries a lot because mm. he shouts at her. God. So yeah, no, I do see how Em can relate. This is like what we were saying about how she's like a patchwork of Jacqueline Wilson creations. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like she, was it maybe like on purpose because she oh, says maybe. how many characters she relates to, but even if it is, it's not done in an effective way because it doesn't say anything different. No, I know. It's just the same story. Yeah, like there's that one chapter later where like it's like a list of Jacqueline Wilson characters she relates to. Oh my god. It's yeah. It's tiring in the nicest way possible because obviously I, I, I really do respect Jacqueline Wilson. Yeah, and I do think she's like a good old. <laughs> I say it. No, I do. I do think she's a good one. But with, with the inclusion of Jenna Williams, it kind of just feels like I am so amazing. Like, every kid relates to yeah. me in my books. And it's like, okay, like, we get it. You're well liked. Yeah, it would be more interesting if it's just some random ass author that she's made up. Yeah. Who has some, like, fictional books that don't really exist that M can relate to mm-hmm. or even just actual books that, that exist and I know she does talk about real books later on that she relates mm-hmm. to like the classics but yeah it would be more interesting than being like oh this is a Jacqueline Wilson book oh this is a Jacqueline Wilson book this is a Jacqueline that Wilson book that are all going through the exact same thing yeah, how strange yeah. did you get any other good I thought the Pink Palace sounded cool. I mean, it didn't make any sense. I can't imagine it in real life. You were really scraping for good I really was. I was, like, looking in that barrel, and I was like, hmm, it sounds cool. I don't know what it exactly is. Do you know, like, um... Oh, I don't even know what it's called. You know in Newcastle? Mm. Oh, there's a music shop in there. Is yeah. it Big Market? Not um, the, the Granger. Not market. Granger Market. It's like an indoor, okay. like shopping thing. And it's yeah, because there's one in Manchester. In it. it kind of like reminded me. Oh, of. Um, Affleck, Affleck. Yeah, like the, like yeah. the yeah, yeah. I and think I it's similar like, to that. Like yeah. in my head, it looks like. Did you ever watch Balamori as a kid? Yeah. You know Archie's Pink Castle. <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly like that, Maybe but like locked in a city. So that's fun. That is. <laughs> so that's my good. <laughs> This <laughs> is so bad. I was really oh agreeing and tried. Okay, I, I have some good. I have like a bit, like a fair bit of good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the biggest good that I have is in this chapter we have um, more information about the financial situation of the family. Yeah. So M says, um, 
when dad had an acting job he would shut the stall up and even when he wasn't working he couldn't always be bothered to trail down to the palace and sit inside his fairyland. Mum went to work five days a week, sometimes six when they were short-staffed and she worked right through till 10 on Thursdays when it was late night shopping. It's not saying dad didn't work a lot, mum is always working, she brings in all the money. Mm -hmm. It's subtle, it's more subtle like describing how often she works versus how often he works yeah she's doing six days a week Mm -hmm. and he can't be bothered to open his shop up sometimes yeah and he's like you'll you'll just check it for me yeah and it also shows how horrible he is but it's it's in subtle ways yeah okay so this chapter i didn't mention it in the uh, chapter description is the first chapter that re like really that dancer is Mm -hmm. brought to life (laughs) So Dancer is Vita's reindeer puppet that she got for Christmas and on Christmas Day Dad like because he's like imaginative or whatever gave her like a voice and he was making stories up but Dancer was telling all the stories so to make Vita and Maxie feel better M started to make up similar stories mm-hmm. but with like as Dancer basically and I like that again sort of repetitive yeah kind of I like that it's um inclusive thing mm-hmm. for the three of them to like help themselves through the trauma of their dad leaving as a group. It's nice to kind of um hear like have a sort of like a self like conflict in a mind with dancer. Yeah. I got a couple bad. So in this chapter, um she very, very, very briefly says, I didn't know whether to tell my best friends Jenny and Yvonne. Yeah. And I was like who like who where what my best friends what and like they barely make an appearance they're best friends again i was feeling like this is just a cliche of the three best friend tropes which is brought up later which we'll get to oh but you know what i mean i was just like jenny and yvonne i didn't know whether to tell jenny and yvonne my best friends i was like i mean i guess i know she's been totally just focusing on her family stuff but it's been like how many chapters yeah this is the first inclusion of her best friends like a mention of them it was just brushed over i was like who yeah that is bad yeah they don't really make an appearance we were saying earlier that they could have just not been yeah they didn't need to really be i mean i was like i'm glad she has friends but at the same time it's not like they are i mean uh, i don't know they're not perfect no but they're not awful they're better than nadine and magda let's put it that way they could be like honestly the same character like they don't really have much personality one sporty yeah is what i remember and i read it two days ago (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's move on to yikes so the first yikes i mean the whole conversation with M's mum and gran when she comes mm-hmm. in is really bad like the second that she's in the house they want to know what she's been doing where she's been to the point where M gets a headache mm-hmm. yeah she's been hounded she's realised that her dad's awful yeah she probably just wants to go to bed to be honest mm-hmm. when she can't remember certain details her mum shouts at her mm-hmm. like I'm sorry but it's really not her fault like she and to take it out on your 11 year old daughter for not remembering every single detail for the sake of like them talking about it it's like involving her as well in their like drama yeah and i mean i know the mum really needs some support but the the place to get it is not from your 11 year old daughter yeah she goes and after that she like cries on her own she says that she goes for private cry because she can't she doesn't feel like she can cry and then she later on she like goes into the same room as her mum or something she sees a man and she's like oh i'm 
so sorry. She didn't mean to startle her. Yeah. She was like scared that she was going to shout at her again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just awful. I know, like, that she kind of has to put up with that. Yeah. You know, that whole conversation was horrible. Uh-huh. It's even things like, um, the grandma saying to the mum, like, I don't know why you're so bothered, like, and I want to be with him. And, like, M says, like, haven't you ever been in love, Gran? And it's kind of like this focus on she loves him. It doesn't yeah. matter what he's done. She loves yeah. him, so she should be with him. Which could not be further from what should be said. Like, it should yeah, be a case completely. of, like, I mean, I know M's 11, but it's the fact that, Obviously, the grand were meant to see as the antagonist in this situation. Uh-huh. Whereas she kind of, <laughs> she kind of had it in the beginning. Yeah, like the kind of right ideas. Yeah. like you know, like you shouldn't want to be with him. Like he really hurt you. Yeah, exactly. It should be a sake of like say the reader. No, but she loves him because mm-hmm. that's so toxic. It's a toxic mindset. After that, she says, uh, "Look, like look where love got me. The granddad pushed off and left me stranded with your mum." <laughs> God. Bit ash, like I know, stranded with you. Yeah, like, like, he, she was probably like, if not a baby, like a little girl at the time mm-hmm. as well. And like, the, stranded is maybe not the right word. The fault always, always, always falls on the woman. Like yeah, Via even says like, when I'm married, I'm not gonna let my husband run off. And yeah, I know she's seven, but everyone's like, yeah, fair. Like yeah. no says anything. It's like. <laughs> yeah just don't because like i did and it's uh, like that's not right she no. didn't like make him run off he's he's in the wrong yeah we have some more um fat phobia mm-hmm. um it's just em saying um when she was little she wanted to be she wanted to wear a fairy outfit but she was a great big fat lump yep. it just got like, tiring fat children can wear fairy costumes yeah like, that, that is completely fine mm-hmm. I, I mean like because I was kind of trying to be like, is this a good representation of what it's like to kind of be a kid and have body-related issues? Because yeah. with that line specifically, I was kind of like, oh, I can kind of get like being a kid uh-huh. and not feeling like you can partake in what other kids are doing because you feel bigger. Yeah. Which kind of means like you feel like you can't partake and actually like you're taking up more space. But uh-huh. they could have said that. Yeah. Instead, it was turned into, she feels like a lump. And it's like, yeah, we get it. We get visually yeah. why her body affects her. Yeah. But what about, obviously this massively affects her, which is, I think, partly to do with why she comfort eats uh-huh. the body issues themselves. Yeah. But there's no, like, mental kind of struggle there. It's no. all, like, really superficial. Which yeah. isn't, like, I mean, maybe that's what she just happens to be like. But I don't think it is, because I don't feel like otherwise she'd focus on it as much or she wouldn't emotionally eat as much as she does because I think that should that probably is related but it, it could have been done better like a lot better if you're going to talk about that great mm-hmm. but at least show it in a good way yeah like, ha- like make it mean something in the yeah. end yeah or like at least do it in a partly realistic way instead of it feels like a writer's just calling this 11 year old girl fat <laughs> yeah no I know what you mean and then uh, this chapter is also the chapter where M's mum <laughs> says uh, about M's biological dad. Whenever mm. he yelled or hit me, you'd come and find me crying. You'd put your chubby little arms around me and tell me not to cry, remember? You've always looked after me, M. And now you look after Vita and Maxie too. Like, as a, what, like a four, five-year-old? Mm-hmm. She would do that? Yeah. Like, and, like, you're like, oh, you looked after me. It's like... Mm-hmm. You shouldn't really, like, just say this to a, your 11-year-old daughter. This yeah. is really weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's all I got. I just thought that was really inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Like.
Chapter 6. M goes to school and talks about what happened over Christmas with her friends Jenny and Yvonne. They're best friends but have taken M in after she was bullied. Talking about her dad has made M upset and anxious and she spends the rest of the day feeling like she's going to throw up. Even though she knows that her dad has hurt the whole family, she still loves and misses him. She leaves the class early and sees her dad at the school gates. This is one of those chapters where I think it could have not been in there. 100% it was a filler chapter which was I think I feel like it was only meant to do to introduce her friends and also she had to be at school for her dad to pick, pick her, her up. up but yeah so we meet Em's friends Jenny and Yvonne who are really important to the story Best friends. <laughs> um, and yeah Jenny likes I nearly said Jacqueline Wilson <laughs> Jenna Williams <laughs> like she really likes reading and stuff and Yvonne is the sporty one mm-hmm. I believe yeah, there's a reference to midnight. There is, there is. The fairies um, are like the ones in midnight. But again, repetition. Yeah, so M was bullied when she moved to the school because she moved uh, recently mm. when she moved in with Gran and she got bullied. And so her dad was like, oh, well, why don't you take these fairies from my uh, fairyland and um, give them to the girls in your class and then they'll make friends with you. So she does. And then Jenny's like, Oh, these fairies are just like the fairies in At the Stroke of Twelve by Jenna Williams. <laughs> yeah. Very on the nose. <laughs> no. Oh my god. And uh, yeah, there's also a reference to Best Friends by Jacqueline Wilson. Which Friends is forever, wasn't it? Yeah, by Jenna Williams. Um, because Jenny and Yvonne are best friends and they always mm. tell Em, we're best friends, but you're also our friend, which I'm sure makes Em feel great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she really just wants Jenny, she's yeah. like, Yvonne's a tag along. Yeah, literally, like, like Yvonne and Em don't have a great deal in common because, you know, Yvonne loves sports and Em's fat, so she therefore can't love sports. <laughs> yeah, Jenny and Yvonne were, like, caring towards her, I guess. Obviously, everyone's talking about, oh, what do you do for Christmas? And Em, even though she doesn't really want to, kind of let slip about all the drama that's happened and because she's had to talk about it she spends the rest of the day like really really anxious and upset and her friends do look after her then yeah so they are good friends i guess and like she she like has the physical effects of like anxiety like she feels like she's gonna be sick Mm -hmm. she feels like she's gonna weigh herself which is extreme but i guess understandable um i also completely understand because when she says like she was scared they'd call her a baby, but they're, they, like, put an arm around her. Yeah. I was, in her home life, she doesn't have that. She's expected to play the adult. Yeah. And she's expected to have complete and utter responsibility. So it's it's a nice to see some people who at least let her be a kid. And I also understand why at first she'd lie, because she's sort of engaging in that escapism uh-huh. again. No, Christmas was great, because it's like what she was saying when it, she first heard her dad. If she says it, then it might be true. Uh-huh. So it's like, no, yeah, it's fine, he's still there, it's, it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this little paragraph where she goes into how she's feeling at the moment is good. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, the ache didn't go away though, I kept thinking of dad looking so sad when I wouldn't kiss him goodbye. I tried to remember that he'd done the bad thing by leaving us. He'd inflicted that horrible Sarah on us and she'd made it plain she couldn't stick us. Dad didn't seem to care. If he just wanted to be with her, then why should we be nice to him? I knew why we loved him so. God, it is hard. Yeah. Because of course she loves him, and that isn't something that she can just get over. Yeah. And she does understand that he's awful. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's been like probably like a week or so if she's gone back to school since it, she last saw him. Mm-hmm. In January sometime. Yeah, it's not, it's good that it isn't just like, like that reviewer said, the parents break up, the kids are fine. 
this is having like long lasting effects it's also kind of like she's a kid and her dad's been like in her eyes her dad's been fine her entire life so yeah. to her understand dad the adult is in the wrong and I the child I'm in the right yeah. she would be really hard to comprehend uh-huh. which I guess makes so much sense why she does keep on forgiving him Yeah, because it's like well he can't be wrong he's the adult he tells me what to do kind of thing mm-hmm. even though he is really in the wrong so I guess it makes sense like trying to remind herself and like constantly like thinking it over and over and yeah. over one bad again repetition and also mad like just right. <laughs> yeah um so god i can't even tell you what story it was i'm gonna assume it was all the kiss series yeah. uh, like the girl series sorry and um obviously when they talked about the teacher they called her old hockey sticks henderson yeah and in this one they refer to the teacher as maddles marks and spencers <laughs> because she's mad old no she's mrs marks yeah. But you know, kids are crazy. <laughs> yeah. So they call her Maddle, Max, and Spencers. Cause oh my god. Did you have any crazy names for your teachers? <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> Maddle, Max, and Spencer. Not Maddle, Spencer, and, and Hockey Sticks, Henderson. Like, the same thing, thinking it like a. Si- oh, well, I guess it's a primary school. No! When I think back to primary school, no! Uh, my bads that I got. Oh, I, I mean, I only got one, and I think it was... I could be wrong, but I swear, again, it's repetition. Mm-hmm. Jenny says to um, you're not fat, you're just sort of comfortable. And I swear, mm. somebody, whether it was Grace in uh, Love Lessons or the man in Love Lessons or Ellie, somebody was, I swear, described as comfortable yeah. or comfy or something mm-hmm. like that. As, like, a nice way I also, like, really don't like comfortable as an adjective for no, a person. Like, what does that mean? Like, like comfortable is like like either a state or a like a duvet. Yeah. Oh god, walking duvet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Don't bring me back. Yeah, I just feel like it's a bit of a weird adjective to describe somebody as. And I think it's a weird thing for your friend to say, like, you're not fat, you're just comfortable. It's like, oh that's I'd be a bit like, hmm. Are you thanks. sitting on me? <laughs> like, I'm comfy. Would you mean I'm comfy? Like yeah, it's so it's like so weird. a comfortable way, but it's more said in like a like you're just like I kind of got the do they kind of thing like squishy. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like uh, being called squishy is it nice? No, it's very. She's not. just a person. Like, do we have to constantly bring it back to a weight? Did you get any yikes? Yeah, Jenny kissing her twelve-year-old oh cousin God, under the mistletoe, and all of her family wolf whistled. I, that was one of the lines where I was just like, what? What? Like, what? What do you mean? Like, she just says so casually, and they're like, yeah. It's like, oh, how's your Christmas, Jenny? She's like, oh, I kissed my 12-year-old cousin, Mark, <laughs> under the mistletoe, and all of my family wolf whistled, and I died of embarrassment. And it's like... Any need? Because that's normal. That is yeah. that is totally normal. Why would your family wolf whistle at, like... <laughs> you're kissing your cousin. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Like, Jacqueline Wilson sat there, like, what do 12-year-olds do at Christmas? Oh, yeah. Kiss, kiss the, the cousins. cousins. <laughs> Mark as well, which I just Mark. really, really like. Maddle, Max and Spencers. Um, yeah, Maddle, Max and Spencers is like a bit mean to Emma, I thought. Like, Em is like like having a horrible day at school. Mm. She's like hunched over. She's like basically in pain. And then the teacher's like, oh, what's wrong? And obviously she says nothing because you don't you just want to like divulge to your entire class that yeah. like your parents have split up and your dad's like missing in action somewhere. And then um, 
Mrs. Marx is like, well, sit up straight then and don't look so tragic, dear. I know you find maths difficult, but there's no need to act as if you're being tortured. Like, that's just a bit unprofessional. You don't, you yeah, don't know what she's going through. Like, surely, shouldn't you be trained in those yeah, situations? Like, if your kid's upset in lessons, not to immediately assume it's because maths. She's clearly, like, not okay. No. Like, you don't act and look like that if you're just bored with your maths lesson or yeah. don't want to do your maths lesson. In her words, act like you're getting tortured. Yeah. The other kind of thing that I was a bit like, uh, again, at this point, like, I wasn't even picking up all of the fat phobia because there was so much that I was like, I can't even just put this all in. Yeah. But it was just another line where I felt like it was just put in really randomly and it was like I was pinching my big tummy and I was like, we get it. like Just say tummy. like Yeah, like, does she even, like, have to, like, constantly everything come back to her? Like, wait. And it's like every single thing is brought back to yeah. her. Yeah. And it's nothing constructive ever done with it. Chapter 7. Dad takes the kids to the seaside. They have fun, but then Em realises that Dad may not have told Mum and Gran that he was taking them and starts to get worried about staying out too long. When she voices this to Dad, he snaps at her and she cries. He takes them home where Mum and Gran are waiting, distraught. They tell him they've had the police out and that he's pretty much kidnapped them. Dad retaliates and says that if they all hate him so much, he'll leave and never come back because Sarah has found work in Scotland. He drives off into the night. I did not remember him kidnapping them. Neither. He kidnapped them. He kidnapped... He, he and it was brushed under the rug. I know, like, the thing is, he didn't have to kidnap them. Like, I'm pretty sure if he'd have rang up and been like, oh, I want to take the kids out. I assumed he had until Emma said it. And I was like, wait, what? When she was like, oh, have you rang mom? And he was like, nope. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> to be honest, like, I did think, why would he be picking them up from school? Yeah. So he... So they were missing... From the time that he picked them up from school, because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have come home. Oh yeah, I've just realised he was there early because I'm assuming either the grand or the mam would be there on time to pick oh, them up. But he was yeah. there early and he picked mm-hmm. them up early. Yeah, so they were missing until like the night time. That is scary. Like, it is. like he was like gonna get them into a hotel. It's very much like. Was he ever planning on taking them home? Yeah, you. Yeah, he's like, oh, we'll just get a hotel for the night, and then Em's like. Yeah, maybe we should, like, phone mum and gran and, like, just make sure that they know we're here. And he's like, stop ruining everything, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the kidnap chapter, or the kidnap chap, as I like to call it. Yeah. Did you get any good? I think the good I got was, obviously, the dad's painting this as, like, a really beautiful day. Uh-huh. Like, he's trying to tell them one of the stories, but bring it into reality. Like, like you know, like, when he's in the car and he's like, we're going to have ice cream, we're going to have all these foods, and, like, it's going to be really fun. She's like, okay, yeah, and everything's going a bit wrong like there's one bit where she said the empty ache was still inside me even though i kept telling myself i was having a wonderful day out with dad and i should be happy 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 i conjured him up and here he was he was all hours and it's like she's been dreaming of like spending some time with her dad it's just weird like he's trying to make it make it into this story but it's just the harsh reality of the weather yeah and like what everything's actually like really like takes away from it Uh uh-huh and I thought that was quite interesting how, like, he's, like, so, like, no, this is fine. We're having so much fun. And she's, like, panicking even though she should be having fun. I thought yeah. that was good. And just, like, the circumstances are a bit off. Mm-mm. I think she knows that something's, like, afoot. And, I mean, it starts on a good note, I thought, when, um... Because Em spent the day, like, crying about, like, how her dad's gone. 
and then Jenny and Yvonne see Em with her dad looking really happy and they're like what the fuck like, yeah. like what <laughs> <laughs> I like that um, little touch of like a friend's reaction because mm-hmm. it must make no sense to them obviously um, and obviously it's hard to understand unless you're in the situation that they're that ends in which they're not uh, yeah I like that that made me laugh because <laughs> I could just imagine them being like was she lying about yeah. something um, um, I like that the dad is like oh yeah Sarah wants to get to know you guys and then M and V are both like both just look at each other like he's lying like mm-hmm. we've met Sarah she could not stand <laughs> us she doesn't want anything to do with us like <laughs> some bizarre reason <laughs> like the fact that they can see through his lies I like mm-hmm. as well like it's not just like the two dumb kids that believe anything even though like they do still trust him and love him after everything he's done yeah yeah like even on a smaller scale the fact that they don't believe like they don't believe that sarah likes them is mm. good i didn't get any, like i hardly didn't get any good first um i got a couple of bits of good a lot of it was like yikes in combination with good for me yeah this bit so dad's made him cry she says, I felt my eyes pricking with tears because dad had been so sharp with me, which I got as yikes because your parents shouldn't be making you cry. Mm-hmm. But then I thought this was good. Um, she follows it up with, it wasn't fair. I didn't want to spoil things, but I couldn't help thinking about mum and gran and how worried they would be. Like, she's got so much sense and empathy mm-hmm. for other people. She completely can see things from other people's points of view. Whereas her dad is so narrow-minded so blinkered only thinks about himself yeah. and what he can do to better himself and come across as the best dad ever yeah. doesn't think for a second oh maybe even though we're not friends at the moment maybe i should ring julie and be like oh i've picked the kids up mm-hmm. instead he just decides to not do that like yeah completely and it's like she's also so mature and so responsible yeah that that's in her head when she's doing something that also the child part of her brain's been like wishing on to yeah so it's kind of like a conflict between uh-huh. her childlike sort of, and sort of responsibility she's yeah. been forced into. So then when the dad drops them off, Maxie and Vita are asleep and then the mum tries to carry both of them out the car, but they're too heavy. And then dad says, let me carry them, darling. And then the mum says, darling, for God's sake, Frankie, stop torturing me. Are you coming back to us now? Is that it? Like, literally, mm-hmm. he's just left her in limbo without re- without a conversation really apart from the initial like I'm leaving you yeah he's just gone and then when he came to get the kids on New Year's Day he didn't really speak to her because he didn't want to talk to her he just ran out of the house <laughs> so from her perspective she's like what, what the hell like you kidnapped my children <laughs> and now it's darling and now yeah and then he's like no <laughs> <laughs> Gran smacks him and says uh, we've had the police out because I was thinking they're going to go home and the police going to be there. Yeah. I just like that. I like that the, the seriousness of it was there. Yeah, with the police Like, at least, involved. like, because it is, even though, because he's like, I'm your dad. Like, yeah, you are. But also, mm-hmm. you don't, you're not currently, like, living with them or anything. Mm-hmm. Taken them and not told their mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then oh, the last bit, the last good thing like these chapters like every other chapter ends on a really good note we have the mom in this one being like get lost i'm over you let's go for a clean break i never want to see you again leave me and my kids alone yes yeah this is what we wanted we needed but like because at this point he's caused so much like hurt and pain 
that it is just there to get rid of him like even yeah. though it'll be difficult if even... when he's kidnapping them it's like yeah you don't want him to be around your kids anymore because like yeah. what was he planning to do if em didn't say anything like exactly. was he planning to keep them there yeah the, yeah so the dad is like puts the kids on the spot because he's a dickhead like what do you want to do kids like what how, what are they meant to say to that like uh, oh yeah like totally put pressure on them there stood there your parents that hate each other oh what do you want to do do you want to never see me again and do you or do you want to um do you want me to be in your life but like be a dickhead to you every time i see you yeah i feel like em shows that kind of like conflict really well when she's like saying i want to say like no for my mom yeah but then at the same time i really wanted my dad and it must be so yeah hard i really like that bit and then um v it just says i want to go to bed which yeah <laughs> i love that yeah. like because <laughs> she's so like she i don't know if she doesn't understand or she just at that moment she can't be asked with the mm-hmm. the argument and she's just just she's just exhausted from the day out and from seeing her parents argue again yeah um and then he speeds off and he's gone and that's him gone moment. did you get any bad um i got bad and it was more like it just made me roll my eyes <laughs> like it was um the repetitiveness of um these presents and because the presents i think are a big part of it for jacqueline wilson i mean she put in the office and all and i guess it shows how the dad tries to buy the love instead yeah, of doing the right thing absolutely but it's just the way every single time it's so repetitive and like vita's vita's yeah. the girly one she likes pink so it's yeah. like i want a bright pink one please please get me the pink one dad and then he's like okay what do you want princess emerald and like she wants a small green bear with bright blue eyes and an anxious expression and i was like just like her yeah it's just so (laughs) on the nose and i was like so weird like just so weird and strange to have this constantly brought up all the time like these presents like lists that are just the same thing over and over and over it was getting tiring to read Mm -hmm. um yeah that's the bad i got i thought it was like i think there's better ways to show how he tries to buy the love yeah than buying them something that makes their characters more one-dimensional than they actually are Uh um what about yikes oh god oh it's like oh my god like when he's talking well like (laughs) thing is right i feel like this needs to be said before we go into right okay okay all of these yikes yes they could be seen as good if we look if the ending was different because right. there's nothing wrong with writing a nasty character with no. having a villain there's no, nothing no, no, wrong no. with having a character like that yes if you claim that they are a villain and yeah. if you claim that it's not okay that's not what makes it yikes yeah it's yikes because it's kind of like that's just dad or like that's fine we still love him but that's uh-huh. what makes these things yikes for example, in front of his kids, he's like kind of like flirting with the woman at the arcade. Yeah. Like she said, maybe you can come back later without the kids. <laughs> and dad laughed and whispered something in her ear. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, what? In they have like. In front of your children. In front of your like kids who still don't really know what's going on yeah. right now. And then like, like just so much stuff that he does. Like he does that. He kidnaps them for one. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, like that's a big thing. He snaps at um um, and then he, he kind of like manipulates them to say what he wants them to say. Like when he says, "There's no point. We're going to go home now. If that's what you want." Yeah. And it's very like right. So we either don't ring your mom, mm-hmm. and you stay here with me, and we'll have fun, or you go home. You won't see me again. Yeah. And then we'll tell your mom, and it puts 
are in such a difficult situation and it's like like little things to manipulate her. like when he said that she sounded more middle-aged than her grandmother yeah. and it's like little ways to kind of turn her on his side yeah it's absolutely horrible i believe it's called coercive control yeah and the thing is like it wouldn't be a yikes if we knew he was a bad character because there's yeah. nothing wrong with writing characters like that no like you could obviously not every character in a book's going to be the nicest person ever no but at least present them as a bad character yeah yeah that bit with the um with the girl in the arcade mm-hmm. he like flirts with her and she, and it's just really inappropriate and then vita glares at him and like pulls him away like seven-year-old vita yeah and then he's like oh sorry vita all i was doing was trying to win you a prize no it wasn't though manipulation again yeah like making it her issue rather Mm -hmm. than his yeah oh god i've got so many yikes we have the first thing like (laughs) this is more of a bad i mean i've highlighted it as yikes like he tries to buy the love like you said Mm -hmm. the way he does it like the first thing he does is he hires a fancy car which i thought was a bit odd Mm-hmm. Is it maybe because he doesn't have a car? Like, he can't afford to have a car, so he just hires a car to drive him to the beach, maybe. Yeah. But, like, he hires a, a really fancy car and they're all really impressed by it. Yeah. One, isn't he, like, struggling for money? Yeah, like, I'm assuming this money's coming from their joint credit Oh, yeah. Cars, but I was like, what? Like, why is he doing this? And this is seen as a bad thing. Yeah, like, and also, like, why would, why would like, three young children care about what car the dad's driving? Yeah. I, I don't really understand. Oh, oh my god. Oh god, I'm just reading <laughs> back all of the yikes. It, like, it just angers me so much. Mm-hmm. Like, this bit, this bit, right? So Em's like, oh, I noticed that uh, your uh, fairy shop, Fairyland, uh, hasn't been open in a while. And then he's like, oh yeah, um, people don't really usually like come to Fairyland in January because of Christmas, so I've just kind of been keeping it shut. I'm sure your mum wouldn't mind keeping an eye on it for me. Like, she owes you nothing. She's nothing. actually working six days a week to, like, support your children oh, nice. that you're, like, not paying for. So, um, yeah, I don't think she can keep an eye on it for you. Yeah, it's horrible. It's absolutely bad. Like, it's so angering to read. Like, this bit where Maxie, because Maxie is a little, very little boy, mm-hmm. doesn't like the beach. He doesn't like that he keeps tripping over on the beach because it's a pebbly beach. I always yeah. I always laugh, you know, in books when there's a pebbly beach because I know it's down south and I know that the north has infinitely better beaches. Yeah. <laughs> you lose. You get better trains. Not true. <laughs> but you don't have the beach. And then he's like, oh, Maxie, you're such a fuss pot. Like, he didn't choose to go to the beach. Yeah. He's four. Like, he's not a fuss pot because he doesn't like something you forced him into doing yeah what else god the list goes on and on yeah you're my kids i don't have to ask permission to take you for a fun time i mean you do mm-hmm. or at least just like let her know you're going to do it at the, yeah. at the bare minimum like like the bar isn't even on the floor for no. him there is no bar for this dad no. he is not held to any standards no he can do whatever he wants and yeah. is not condemned and oh the last line boiled my blood like the okay okay i'm a light i'm a lousy i'm a lousy dad a useless husband and a hopeless provider (laughs) right then i'll make everybody happy i'll clear off out your lives like what a pathetic little man yeah like he's literally like oh i'm sorry you feel this way but it's probably not true that i'm all these things just in your opinion i am so like fine you'll never see me again then that's like like punishing you yeah like 
there's three kids that he's, he knows he's traumatising you in this. Yeah. Like, you'll wish you never said this to me. So now when I do come back, you'll be crawling back. Uh-huh. Which is pretty much what he's doing, which is, again, the manipulation. Yeah. And I hate that, like, when he says, um, he says to M, like, don't be so boring. You sound more middle-aged than your grandmother. He makes fun of her. He's completely ignoring her anxieties about um the fact that her mum doesn't know where they are. Um, completely valid anxieties, mm-hmm. actually. And then he says, oh, I wasn't being serious. I just... The thing is, I just don't want the night to end. Unfortunately, you are not living in a fantasy world. Yeah. You are living in reality, and you've kidnapped your children, and your eldest child is quite worried about that. Yeah. Yeah, and pressuring pressuring her in uh, not contacting her mum, mm-hmm. or forcing her into like having making a good time of this. Like, oh god, I'm so glad that M's like 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 I'm glad she is the way she yeah. is, but then also like. She just lives in this constant state of anxiousness. Well, I'm not surprised either, because when I was reading it as well, I don't know about you, but when I was like, oh, God, when she goes home, yeah. her mum and her grand are going to, like, batter her <laughs> pretty much for, like, yeah. being like, why didn't you contact us? And it's like, right, brilliant, let's put all the responsibility back on the 11-year-old. I mean, like, I'm glad that didn't happen, really, but mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was going to go that way. Yeah, no, me too. Like, oh, how could you take your brother and sister away with your dad type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. Then, obviously, because she's crying, mm-hmm. he's like, don't cry, Em, you're breaking my heart. Telling her not to cry. Oh, don't, you know, don't show your emotions. Put my feelings before yours. Yeah, and there's, again, everything's linking back to him. He's like, don't do that. That hurts me. Yeah, and then he, he tells the man that he tried to make things easy for her. By on le- what planet? By telling her that he was cheating <clears throat> on her on Christmas Day, then uh, proceeding to leave without warning. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, and then just dip in and out of his wife and his kids' lives. Yeah, so we're about halfway through the book now, and the dad leaving for an indefinite period of time is a great way to kind of end this episode. Yeah. So, um, so we'll be back in two weeks for the second half. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> all I can say. That's when it gets juicy. Yeah, so we shall see you then. Yeah, we'll see you then. Thanks for watching our episode on Clean Break. Tune in in two weeks to hear part two. If you'd like to contact us, you can contact us at Donhan Reviews on Twitter and Instagram, or you can contact us at Donhan273 at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye!